1: Nothing beats value parking at Melbourne Airport. Book online for the best rates at
0: melbourneairport.com.au. Summer breakfast on SEN.
2: Oh, yes, welcome in. A big, big week in store. Happy Monday morning to you. It's the 29th day of January. What a weekend of sport. Exciting, exhilarating. It was hard to know where to look next. And our Cafe, menu, our official coffee partner, has under racing from SCN Cricket as well, who has a bit of a link with uh, the man on everyone's mind at the moment, Shamar Joseph of the West Indies, who uh, captured all our imaginations yesterday. Jonathan Lapali is going to join us, host of Survivor, of course. Another big season of Survivor is about to ensue. Questions without notice. And I want to take a heck of your calls and texts today on the open line, one 736 736 and the 40 Wings temper, 0433981116. It was an enormous weekend of sport as I welcome you in, Mr. Kane Corns. Hello, my friend.
3: Absolutely crazy scenes over the weekend. Couldn't believe it. It's one of the best sporting victories I've ever seen. And the question I want to ask you this morning, Sammy, and to our magnificent audience waking up to us on this, on this nice Monday, morning is, were you barracking for the West Indies or were you barracking for the Aussies? 100% I was
2: barracking for the West Indies.
3: <laughs> what are we doing? How what, could you not?
2: What, what are we doing then? It meant so much more to them than it did to us. That's the obvious uh, comment What to are make. we doing? But I was just, I, I was enthralled by the story, what was happening, you... you well, in my line of work, you you just it's natural to barrack for the story. And and they were the story. He was the story. And if you look around at the celebrations they're piling on on the Bandor Line yesterday, all the Aussie <laughs> cricket team, social media team, they're all filming it and taking photos and, and documenting it. I think we're all caught up in it. I mean and Shamar Joseph, we're we'll getting him throughout the morning, of course. I mean, cricket's got a new superstar on its hands, but how's the backstory from remote Guyana, Two Days by Boat? To, to his little village there, which is a logging village. They only got the internet five years ago. <laughs> he
3: couldn't 300, walk. 300. He couldn't walk yesterday. And he morning. had a busted toe. <laughs> and he comes in and bowls 12 overs straight in the heat. Where our fast bowls, and I want to get to this after seven o'clock, <laughs> couldn't bowl more than two in a row, and that's golf yes. and get a drink. That was extraordinary how soft they were. But he's then gone on to say that uh, there will be times that T20s might come around and Test cricket will be there. I will say this live. I will always be available mm-hmm. to play for the West Indies, no matter how much money comes towards me. He's he's a he's an absolute hero. Um, but they they just played with heart. They played with passion. Um, they played like they cared. It yes. meant something significant. Well, Brian me, Lara, and it was captivating. Uh, oh,
2: tears welling up in Brian Lara. Carl Hooper in the ABC box. I don't know if you saw the vision of that. He was a borderline inconsolable. So Shamar Joseph, a logger, a security guard. And he comes out and he's bowling nearly 150-kilometre-hour Thunderbolts uh, yesterday. My busted toe. Three years ago, he hadn't even played with a hard cricket ball. He wasn't born when the West Indies last won here in 1997. So this is what I mean. I mean, these are the, the great stories. 350 people, uh, remote Guyana, two days by boat from the port city of New Amsterdam there. And he comes over here and takes seven for 68. And he's just had a great tour. He's testable. he took Steve Smith with his first ball in Test Match Cricket. So what a journey he's been on.
3: Yeah, is it uh, so? eleven sixteen, Who who were you barracking for? Because I I was I was like you. I'm I'm not um, casting judgment here, Sammy. I was barracking for the for the West Indies. What what does it, if anything, say about our Aussie cricketers? Yeah. Is, is, is that is there a deeper underlying meaning that, that they don't resonate? And we've had a lot of calls and texts on this program and others that suggest that, or was it just a just a one off where they were just that captivating? You are barracking for the story. Uh, test cricket needed it. The summer and the series needed it. Um, let us know your thoughts on that. And then I wake up and Yannick Sinners won.
2: Yeah. Well, <laughs> what, were you surprised? <laughs> well, well, I suppose you went to bed two sets down.
3: He didn't look anything like winning. Well, that you, you match know, last well, night.
2: if you thought the other bloke was going to win, I mean, in the end, he he. Uh, Maybe the hours paid. I mean, he broke all sorts of record for time spent on court, uh, games played on yep. court. Um, what I was amazed about, and maybe the reason Cena was able to get up, was um, was the connection to, to your former coach Mark Williams, who was who was in his box, of course. I
3: couldn't find him. He was oh, there. So, so I read the story in there. It was on yesterday that Choco was going to be in the box with Darren. There's Cale. a photo. He's there. Well, he wasn't on TV. The it's Darren there must be the so Darren Kale connection. There's the box, and then there's the sub box. And I he was think there early. Was, he's the in the, sub the outer box.
2: box. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's got influence because it wasn't the first time he was there earlier in the week too. But how would the conversation go between Williams and the Italian skier? Cena. I mean, and <laughs> no, did you he hear on the He was definitely there though, because did you hear him sort of yell out at the end? Did the mics pick this? <laughs> did the mics pick Mark Williams yelling out? Um, at the end, I, I think we got the audio somewhere. I might get to a little bit later on, but uh, he, that was extraordinary. to, to Medvedev,
3: you are wrong. Yes, that's <laughs> right.
2: It was words to that effect, I think. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so I um, had a sleepy Sunday, big day Saturday. How was your weekend?
3: I had an excellent weekend, uh, excellent long weekend. You did the heavy lifting on Friday, Friday, uh, with uh, Josh Jenkins, and discussed a whole heap of things, which I might want to back over uh, this morning. So that was good. Saturday was quiet. Yesterday, my niece turned three, so I went down to, to Chad's place. Uh, he lives about oh. <laughs> I don't know 40 minutes away. Uh, I saw out you of the posted city. a little video, of and her. she was in- incredibly cute. Yeah. So, um, so that was good. Yeah, so uh, had a good weekend, Sammy. What what did, what did you send through on the group text?
4: Uh, Last night
3: that we must must discuss.
2: Oh, Masters of the Air. I caught a bit of this yesterday. What is this? This is uh, the new phenomenon that's about to hit us, Kane. It's on Apple TV. It's $250 million they've dropped on this. They're calling it one of the greatest shows ever made. It's Spielberg. It's Hanks. It's Gary Goetzman. And if you're familiar with Band of Brothers and those sort of, uh, The Pacific, those sort of shows, these guys are back. Masters of the Air, a nine-part epic based on a book Donald L. Miller's 2007 book, so about, it's about America's bomber boys who fought the war against Nazi Germany, and they have dropped a pretty penny on this. It's, it looks, I'm only early days into it, but great storyline, great cast, uh, and incredible flight flying, uh, flying how,
3: scenes. How many episodes are you in?
2: I'm only three quarters of the way through the first one. But the, the reviews couldn't be more gushing. I read a few uh, reviews from the critics and they're coming for this in a big, big way.
3: So you're telling me I'm going to have to subscribe to Apple TV now? Well, I've what got...
2: I'm doing, I've, I've had it, I've dropped it, I've had it. I've... Oh, I know, I know. It's a disaster. It's. it's, it's, it's... <laughs> <laughs> the real modern-day juggling is your streaming services, isn't it? So they give you a free hit, though, Apple TV. They give you a free they give you a episode. one, don't they? We we'll give you one yeah. free episode.
3: This is generous of them. So it's an, worth a
2: trillion dollars. Yes, exactly. They give you a little, little teaser, and they, they back themselves in, and then you just won't be able to help yourself, and you'll have to sign up. But what, I'm sure it has a free trial like all the other ones, doesn't it? Just...
4: Yeah, days. but
3: after after you've put your email in once, it recognises your email. So it's only, you can only do the free trial once. <laughs> oh, I mean, I'm not saying okay, you I, I, create I've a fake about, idea. Or I've got about eight <laughs> fake emails on Stan and then <laughs> signed up to that. But yeah, I just, just signed up to Binge. Netflix is there. Prime. Oh, my goodness. It's a disaster. But uh, True Detective I've been enjoying oh, yeah. a couple of seasons of that on, on Binge. So that's oh. been good. And I saw uh, a live my,
2: performance. I saw a live. Yes. I saw a live didn't performance. I got some culture into me here, Kane. Don't worry about that. I uh, took, uh, took uh, my lovely wife and my mum and dad. Uh, well, I didn't, but it was we all organised it together to see Moulin Rouge in the city mm. uh, on Saturday night. It's about to finish. Everyone knows the story. Everyone knows the film. A huge musical, oh my God, I couldn't you believe You gave it. it
3: glowing reviews. I didn't know
2: where to look next, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I so didn't know Lord, where it was safe to look. Or... Oh, boy. <laughs> boy, was there some, yes, yeah, so not a lot left to the imagination there, I can assure you. But uh, big noise, great, uh, what do they call it in the theatre world? Well, great score, Kane. great music, right. awesome. Um, such an intense show. I, was, I left it just thinking, oh, my God.
3: Are you a theatre goer? Not usually? particularly.
2: My wife yeah. is, and she drags me off to a couple. But I was glad I went to this. And if people had seen it while it's in town, um, I, I, you'd, be, you'd, have, you'd be hard pressed if you weren't entertained. It was amazing.
3: Look at so, you bringing the reviews this morning. There's <laughs> so a couple of recommendations yeah. there. I'm
2: not sure they marry out Masters of the Air yeah. and Moulin Rouge. But uh, great restaurant too, Hazel in the CBD. So if any foodies out there listening this morning, that was a nice little feed as well. So I was, oh, by Sunday, very, I was just. Very busy. Oh, it's just yeah, back you're on. Different,
3: that... You're a different man than this time last week.
2: Yeah, well, this you, is true. You, yeah, you. And, and I've put all the weight back on as well. That was a big, <laughs> big weekend. Probably had a couple too many cocktails downstairs uh, in that bar on Saturday night. So it meant that I was able to watch, you know, the cricket, the men's tennis final. Uh, it was a smorgasbord. It was it Cadell Road Race? It was amazing. The Kiwi Lawrence Pithy winning a, a bunch sprint from a juice group. That was exciting as well. And the Socceroos had a game last night in the round of 16 against Indonesia and got through. So. I don't know how we're going to fit it all in today.
3: We're loaded. We will fit it in. And if you want to have your say, uh, what was your highlight over the weekend? Let us know. one three hundred seven three six. 736
2: 736
3: You know what else I learned on the weekend? Which I already knew, but the mic is
2: always on. Oh, yeah. He did himself a mischief. But I, you're referring, of course, to the Lord Mayor of Perth, Basil yes. Zemplis. Thanks, Basil. Um, it was... So for those who missed this, he got himself into a bit of hot water inadvertently too, didn't he, Kane? Because, and he was forced to defend himself to explain his comments over women's sport. It was, it was something – well, it was sold as a hot mic moment that really wasn't. So he was accused of calling the Australian Open's women's final that mm-hmm. was coming up on the Saturday night, a reserve game before a press conference. Now, he'd gathered for a press all – the, all the mics are there. Most of them are on. So he thought he couldn't be that stupid. Surely. So he was asking a, a journalist, which was Michael Genovese from Channel 9 over there in Perth, if the tennis is on tonight. And he said, yes, it's a, it's a women's match. And he said, oh, it's a reserves game then. So that's why everyone thought, what? How can mm, you say mm. that? But what he was talking about was he'd already asked Michael if he was reading the news tonight. And he said, yes. And that he was up against the women's tennis head to head.
3: So he was the reserves game, exactly. Not the tennis.
2: So Basil was saying, from experience, when you're reading the news up against a big sporting event, you are the reserves. The reserves. That's what he was saying.
3: And it, and look, he got smashed, and it was a oh. real insight into modern culture, I guess, and social media and the fact that everyone has an instant platform to have their say. Don't I mean, pile they,
2: on straight away, though. They
3: But, but that, they, they came from everywhere. And look, I, I thought Basil was you know, quite well liked and and well respected certainly has been incredibly pleasant anytime i've met him or dealt with him and I, I see him as a you know a full a full professional really with with what he's been able to achieve but they came from everywhere and you can you can understand the angst and why but when you do get the full explanation when you get the extra added 30 seconds on the vision that we hadn't seen his explanation makes sense and i i, I do believe him but the fascinating part was everyone's how quick they were to rush. Yeah. I mean, but isn't that before Twitter? What did you do? Or where did you have your say? It could, you couldn't just go online and you have to write a letter to the editor. I mean, or, or, or go on—I don't know—one of the the blogs on on the internet before Twitter. But now everyone has that, and everyone has the ability to go viral, regardless of how big your following or your platform is. So yeah, it was it was. Fascinating, um, and maybe by the time he did explain it, probably half an hour later,
2: yeah, largely
3: the, the damage had been done. Yeah,
2: and I, I felt for him to be honest. And you're right because people just love to be outraged now, and they love to be outraged quickly. So the pylon was extraordinary. It just bigger belief he could say that. So I, I, and even when he played the audio in full, I just felt in the moment he didn't explain himself that well. So even watching the audio in full, you'd be forgiven for thinking he's talking about women's tennis. But mm. at the same time, I completely buy his explanation. And it makes more sense. I think most people did anyway. But you're right. Modern society on social media, it was a tsunami, an absolute (laughs) tsunami. Hey, there was another tsunami as well in town here over the weekend. It was Tom Brady, the GOAT. You
3: broke broke this story.
2: Oh, well, the Carlton involvement. Yes. They tried to get him in front of the players, and that hasn't quite worked out. But – the Luke Sayers connection with with the chairman there and um, they had the chat with Michael Voss. So this is after Robbie Williams, another overseas ambassador. signs on at the Blues. But the best part, though, was Diesel. Did you see Diesel? No, Greg Williams uh, introduces himself and says, I was the quarterback of the AFL. <laughs> Oh, I thought that was
3: excellent. Oh, that was so good. <laughs> Imagine, like, meeting Tom Brady, and you're trying to work out what you're going to say. You don't want to make a fool of yourself. <laughs> oh, you don't want to be awkward. And he just goes up and says that. <laughs> uh, that's brilliant. But um, I did see Michael Voss got a hug from Tom Brady, and uh, Tom Brady threw the building ball to Michael Voss the crowd. I'm very jealous of the Blues. Like, th- they are star heaven. Are they building. just attract, they attract yes. the stars. Although they can't stop getting players injured in the preseason.
2: No, that's a that's an issue. Yeah, that that's is big, an issue. That's a big issue. That issue is an issue that will Blues. not go away. Yeah. So they got right.
3: they got Tom Brady in the connection and another star. But they also lost a much loved player for, for twelve months. Seems you, like they lose one every preseason. Um, which I mean and you might say, Oh, Jack
2: Silvani's not that important to them, but I reckon he I reckon he is important oh, no, too. No. Yeah. yeah. He below, he's his influence belies the numbers exactly. for sure. Um you asked Test cricket. Who were you going for yesterday, the West Indies or or Australia? Test cricket was the winner, says this texter. It's exactly what test cricket needed. Everyone talking about it was great to watch. Morning guys says, Dean, I was definitely for the Windies yesterday, but I was barracking for test cricket mainly. The more competition in test cricket means it's far more interesting and the game needs more than just the big three. Mm. It was great. And Chris, for me, every Australian fan watching on TV or at the game would have had a smile on his or her face with the result yesterday. It was great for cricket. Talking about the big three though, India and England turned on their own spectacular performance as well. The palms got it done. Holly Pope, one hundred ninety six. If where you don't mind, where did they mind. come from? The world well? that was unbelievable. And then they had their own debutante story as well. They had a, a spinner take seven for um, over there to to get them to victory. And um, Ben Stokes has said it's their their greatest triumph in his time as as English captain. So one nil England over there in India. Extraordinary. Yeah.
3: So India make 436 in their first innings in India. I don't have the numbers with me. Bharat might uh, be able to tell us, but not many teams would have won that.
2: No, they were 190 behind, were they not, on first innings? So to turn it around, uh, I'm not, yeah, we'd have to get that. That wouldn't have, oh, rarely, if ever happened. I wouldn't have
3: thought so. Not not in India. And I just thought that was going to be a whitewash and we were all for it. I mean, we love beating India and England, but we particularly love beating England. And to see them get smashed on the first day or two, we were sort of all for it. And they've come back with an extraordinary victory. It was a crazy weekend of sport, i got to
2: say. Mm, it was. Uh, even a lot about Tom Morris sitting a double ton as well. Oh, we're my a lot goodness. Of what about that? <laughs> Tom Morris sit 203, not <laughs> out. Give anyone else a bat, Tom? Unbelievable, Tommy.
3: <laughs> Him and his <laughs> partner both made 203. Yeah,
2: they were none for and 400 and something. No one around. else got a hit. <laughs> Saw off the new ball and then went on with it. Uh, uh, Yannick Sinner winning uh, last night over Daniil Medvedev came from two sets to love down. The, the Mark Williams influence uh, clear off the text here. Sinner was warming up with tennis balls with red lines on them. Uh, the Choco influence going <laughs> the through. Sh-
3: the Sharon that and Choco's uh, doing. You
2: know that Choco's got a hold of him if uh, Yannick Sinner can do hook, uh, do hook turns in the city of Melbourne. That's, that's also his expertise as well. So keep your texts coming through. Just as we get to our first break, there's one thing I couldn't get my head around with the cricket yesterday. Steve Smith, as amazing as he was, and the kahunas that it took for him at nine for to hit a ramp shot for six, extraordinary. And he needed the runs and he got the runs, carried his bat for 91. And I think he would have gone on to hit the winning runs if he didn't do something that left me perplexed for a long time. Why did he keep giving the tail enders a couple of balls and over? So he was giving Josh Hazelwood two balls and over, or thereabouts, every over, to survive. Now you think it's only two balls, but you're unbeaten on 91 or 90, and you've got a guy like Shamar Joseph looking like he's going to take a wicket with every ball. Why would you expose your 9, your 10, your 11 to a couple of balls and over?
3: Well, I've got some thoughts on this. After The strategy of Steve Smith, for as good as he was, like yeah, yeah, eventually he's going to have to get up the other end to face the next over, Steve. So it's either... It's either you face the hole over and then on the last ball of the over, they bring the field up and you try and hit a boundary or you Gilly try and three to get, coverage. get back on, on strike. So th- they have to be exposed for one or two balls. But I, I thought he was far too late to get going. I, I didn't think he read the writing on the wall. Well, they don't I, I have to be had...
2: exposed, though. They don't have to be exposed. You can wait until the fifth ball and try and nick a single. I mean, at least at least try with that approach. But if yeah, you I fail, know that. I know then they, that.
3: the prospect of them facing a hole over more so
2: than two balls. But he's Steve Smith and he's unbeaten on 90. He's hitting ramp shots for six. I, so, I, I my mean, criticism he's seen one, it pretty well.
3: My criticism was more on how long it took him to get going and how long it took him to push the tempo. I mean, when you... Five, six down. Alex Carey goes out. All right, Steve, you are the you are mm-hmm. the batsman that's in. Let, let's start making. I mean, Cummins own. was coming off a fifty in the
2: first inning. so I mean they do bat deep, but yeah, it's just with Hazelwood, it's it's surprising. Anyway, uh, just a, an observation from yesterday. You can make yours one 40 wings temper 16 huge show to get through. Just as well that we're powered by Kubota because for more than forty years they've been making tomorrow matter, shaping and building Australia together.
0: Summer Breakfast on SEN.
2: Yeah, just a couple off the text as well. Basil's situation proves we're living in the age of the perpetually offended. That's from Andrew and Faguna. And the best one, says this texter, about the weekend is it marks the end of the cricket and tennis season. Bring on the footy. Indeed, it does, Kane. And you saw... You watched your own, Uh, you didn't mention the Lakers and the Warriors earlier. You got good value there, double overtime.
3: My goodness, yeah, that that was crazy. So LeBron and Steph Curry just going nuts, double overtime. Steph hit what looked to be the game winner. LeBron went up the other end, got fouled and Shot a couple of clutch free throws for a much-needed Lakers win. There was some drama in the NBA over the weekend as well after Philadelphia. They were coming up against the reigning champions, Denver Nuggets, and Joel Embiid and and Jokic are the two favourites for the MVP. and uh, They sat out, so all the best Philly players sat. So load management has been a hot topic over there in the NBA. They've, They've been smashed for doing that. But this is an
2: ongoing thing with Joel Embiid. He hasn't played the Nuggets for, uh, I want to say, a handful of years. And that's when they always hold up the missing person. If anyone's (laughs) seen Joel Embiid. Call (laughs) call the cops.
3: (laughs) He's been unbelievable. But his performances in playoffs in recent years has been questioned. Hasn't won a title as well. And then uh, chose to not play or whether he had a serious injury, we don't know. But there's questions over that. So that happened as well. What do you think about uh, tennis's plan to speed up tennis? So Craig Tiley has said that uh, they're looking at a couple of things, including yeah. just playing the let court. So serve, usually <laughs> let let court, you get the serve back as long as the serve goes in. Um,
2: does it need just, it? Well, it need, I, don't, I don't watch the t- tennis I think it.
3: I reckon it does. I think right. it's a bit monotonous and a bit repetitive. And the fact that we don't see any variety now in tennis everyone's got a double-handed backhand Mm -hmm. everyone's got a big forehand everyone's got a huge serve no one serves and volleys albeit sinner was pretty crafty the way that he got back in the match last night so i think it does and he's also looking at the the shot clock so the 25 second serving shot clock came in to try and speed things up but he thinks it's slowed it down because maybe everyone is using the 25 whereas previously they just would have served when when they are ready. So the, the question is, after watching the Australian Open, and look, the crowds were enormous. Over a million people yeah. went in um, uh, at Melbourne Park for the main draw, which is record-breaking, of course, extra day. But does tennis need to be sped up? And is it? Are you like me? Like I can, you can easily just miss half an hour of a tennis match and then go back and revisit, mm. check the scores, find mm. out where things are at.
2: We'll throw it out there. one In the NFL, it's Conference Championship Day today oh, as happy. well, of course. So it's going to keep coming. Uh, Jeffy's in Parkdale. He wanted to talk about the NFL. How are you there, Jeffy?
5: Morning, boys. It's Jeffy from the 100K.
2: How
6: are we? Hey, good, Jebby. mate. Good. What's going on? Kane, I'm that excited for a Championship weekend. We've got
2: the NFC. You and me could play
6: quarterback for this game. San Fran versus the Lions. Who you got in this game, Kane?
3: Uh, San Fran win this, Jevy, comfortably.
6: I know I know you're a big Brock Purdy man. I'll take the
3: lines and the points, and we'll have a Mars bar on it, Kane. What do you reckon? Definitely have a Mars bar on it. And what about the other game? Because you've been all over the Chiefs, but I'm I'm saying Baltimore <laughs> win this in Baltimore.
6: Who you got? I, I thought you might say Baltimore. Kane, you never, ever bet against Pat Mahomes. You know this. I'm all over the Chiefs and Mahomes. Start at about half an hour. I've never
3: been more excited.
2: Good oh, on you, Jimmy. A couple,
3: couple of Mars bars there.
2: Appreciate you calling in. And Sammy, Tim... Who, Yes, Who's Jevy. Ah, uh, look, I'll, I'll I'll take you all, day, Jevy. You're speaking with great conviction at the moment. I, I couldn't possibly go against you. In fact, I'll be scared <laughs> to. So, I'm with you, Jevy, all the way. Anything we can uh, hit Kane up and make him eat a couple of Mars yeah. bars would be good for him. Yeah. Uh, Tim and Peter, sit tight. We'll get to you after the news. I promise. If you would be patient enough for that, just as we get to the, the headlines, this text from Ash. Sums up the thoughts I reckon of a lot of mums and dads yesterday. My seven-year-old found it really hard with me celebrating every West Indies wicket, as I explained that it's okay to go for the underdogs. But then I said such behaviour is never allowed in the <laughs> AFL, barracking <laughs> against your own team. <laughs> it's so true, isn't it? it Dad, was, a cr- but Dad, don't we go for the throat here, Dad? <laughs> no, no, son, no, 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 daughter. We we don't. We we, we give a sucker an even chance. But not in, not in the footy. Uh the forty weeks Texts flying along. Oh four 11 16. the all-new temper pro it's the most adaptive mattress ever temper mattresses like no other
0: partly cloudy for tomorrow tuesday 24 and for wednesday cloudy and 22 and don't miss the return of the run home with andy and gazy live this afternoon on SEN.
2: nathan gardner in the newsroom thanking to you uh before we get to a sports update timmy is in brighton he's been waiting on the line uh tim you want to talk the tennis and, and thanks for hanging on
4: Oh no, pleasure, Sam. Good morning, Kane. Look, it's I um, love the plethora of sport over the weekend. It was just fantastic. Uh, enjoyed. We really enjoyed the, uh, the the Australian Open over the over the duration. But we found firstly we found the the close call that they put up uh, a bit annoying because it was almost
6: every ball was a close call. And then secondly, the women's
4: final. We we found it really weird when. Uh, Yvonne came out with Joel Edgerton. I know he may be, may be an ambassador for uh, Louis Vuitton, but it was the weirdest thing for him to come out with that trophy.
2: Yeah, well, there was a celebrity that came out for the men's final last night, a Hollywood actor. Her name escapes me. I can't remember what her name was, and someone will tell me here, but that was random as well, but uh, came out alongside Jim Courier for the for the men's final with the trophy. So, I'm... Not sure if this is standard practice, Kane, or whether it's something just totally out of the blue. Good on you, call. Uh good on you, Tim. Uh thanks for the call. Nice observation. Pete's in uh Sunbury wanna we'll talk Steve Smith. Hey Pete, what'd you make of Smithy yesterday?
6: Well, I thought it was a great effort. I loved your sports rap this morning until you got on to Steve Smith. I think the lack of credit that you give him for what he actually did yesterday, um, just maybe admit that you don't like him. Um Great bowling by West Indies. Great cricket. Great test. But so
0: you're was, happy you know,
3: with the, You are happy with his tactics? I mean, I, I think we did pay tribute to the yeah. innings that he that he that he had. He was extraordinary. But just just his tactics, Pete, at the end there, you were comfortable with, with the way that he played it.
6: What about the other batsmen? That are supposed to do their job? Um, you can pump up a guy and say he did a great job, but he didn't do this. Well, did you see the last ball that got? Um,
3: Hazelwood.
6: Hazelwood, yeah. Ball. Yeah, Hazelwood. So, why don't you just give him a bit of credit that um, West Indies outplayed them? Bold, terrific, and Smithy did a great job to go through our whole innings and nearly score half the runs. Maybe just give him a bit more
2: credit. No, good on you, Pete. Point taken. It's not that we, well, certainly speaking for myself, that we dislike Steve Smith, and I know Kane Corns is the same. We're simply, I guess, maybe Aussies bemoaning the fact they didn't win the test, and this is what we do. We look for ways that they could have possibly won it. You said, you know, what about the other batsmen? What about Travis Head, a king pair, if you don't mind? And one of the craziest stats ever, thanks to Big G for reminding us, his last four deliveries at the Gabba, he's been out in all four of them.
3: I know. I think there's only... There uh, four Australians that have got a king pair. Maybe it's three, ever. Gilchrist is one of those. Uh, he hasn't had a good time of it. So further to Pete's gather. point,
2: if we're looking to lay blame on someone, maybe oh, it is no, the other bats in the, the line-up. Top but six,
3: the top six were poor yep. uh, across, well, a large par- portion of the summer and, and individuals have papered over that a little bit, but... Yeah, I think definitely the top six batsmen deserve their their criticism, and that and that will come.
2: That no, batted very well, Steve Smith. Uh, no doubt about that. Uh, thanks for the call, Pete. Uh, sports update. The West Indies, as we said earlier, and we'll do a lot more before we're done here this morning. A famous victory, one they'll never forget over Australia, the final test of the summer. Yesterday, they won it by eight runs, a heroic performance from their... Coming of age, fast bowler Shamar Joseph, who was playing just his second Test match, he nearly didn't show up to the final. He was injured his toe. He retired hurt the previous day, copped a, a yorker on the on the uh, on the toe from Mitchell Stark. I think he said he was in bed at 11 when the team bus left at 12.15 but he got to the ground, the doctor worked his magic one for modern medicine perhaps and he courageously took to the field, took an unbelievable 7 for 68, was on a hat-trick at one point, secured the final wicket of Josh Hazelwood as uh, as Pete mentioned earlier off the phone uh, to secure the victory. Steve Smith carrying his bat for Australia unbeaten on 91 and it is the first time the West Indies have won in Australia since they saluted at the Whacker Kane in 1997.
3: Yeah, just, just a crazy day. Uh, One of the best days of Test cricket that I can remember. Uh, Last night, Yannick Sinner, well, he has been crowned the Australian Open champion after coming back from two sets to Love Down to beat Daniil Medvedev at Rod Laver last night. Medvedev looked on fire. He was really aggressive early, played a flawless first half an hour of tennis. Mm -hmm. He won the first two sets before Sinner won the final uh, three sets, 6-4, 6-4, 6-3, and Medvedev, as you, you pointed out, had spent I think it was the extra five or six hours on yep. court throughout the duration of the tournament, and, and perhaps that, that came back to hurt him. Uh, Anna Sabalenka, um, she won the women's title on Saturday night. She was so dominant in 72 minutes. So you'd be a bit flat if you paid a premium price for a ticket to the final of the women's. And, no, and this is got sport, though. You don't know what you're going to get, Kane. Well, but, but sh- this is the question the I've beauty got of for it. you. Should the final of the women's at Grand Slam be best of five sets? So oh, you guarantee I haven't least, heard this question before. <laughs> well, you get. Well, it comes up for this reason. You'd be that short, and it happens often in, in the women's final, not just the women's final, but we've had some walkovers in the men's as well. Um, you'd be flat if you. The cheapest ticket was five hundred bucks.
2: Yeah, well, You've that's the beauty. I say oh, so that's the beauty of sport. You're okay. going to get a classic, right. or you're going to get a dud. You can't manufacture and engineer everything. Sometimes you're going to get the weird and the wonderful, like we saw at the cricket.
3: 3.15 million in prize money for 76 minutes.
2: Speaking of minutes, Medvedev, you mentioned, became the first player to spend more than twenty-four hours on court during a single grand slam. So he went through the the barrier, that is for sure. Collingwood defender Isaac Quainor is on the five-year extension cane with the Maggies. That keeps him at the club until the end of 2029. Young good man, player. superb player.
3: Very good player. Five years okay. Oh, well, that's just the modern that's the modern way. Um, and he's deserving of that five-year deal. He's incredibly important for Collingwood and, and plays a vital role so mm-hmm. yeah I, I don't have too many issues with that uh, with that five-year deal Socceroos advanced to the quarterfinals of the AFC Asian Cup after a 4 0 victory over Indonesia at Doha overnight we, mm. we sort of over overlooked that one a little bit with everything else that's been going on, but you rightly pointed that out for us this morning. Yep. So what well under
2: the soccer is going well? Stroke of luck with the first goal, but then they poured in, and that had been the problem. That had been finding the back of the net, Kane. So maybe just a, this is just the tonic they need to really kick into gear over there, New Zealander Lawrence Pithy timed his sprint perfectly to win the Cadell Evans Great Ocean Road Race yesterday. Pithy won the reduced bunch sprint. Photo finish it was too. He didn't know for minutes afterwards, waiting past the finish line and then told he had one on Sunday on the Geelong waterfront there. It's his first world tour victory, Kano.
3: South Africa have beaten Australia. What happened here by six wickets in the women's T20 series at Marnica Oval? Yesterday, the series is tied one all.
2: Indeed. And we mentioned England beating India, 28 runs. An unbelievable turnaround in this test. The first of five, thankfully, for cricket fans around the world. If this is a sign of things to come, we're in for an absolute treat. Ollie Pope, player player of the match, 196 in England's second dig, and then Tom Hartley, the spinner on debut, seven for 62 in the second innings to stun the locals and get his side home. Incredible! And
3: it's a huge day in the NFL today. So conference championships about 25 minutes from getting underway. Uh, first up is the Ravens taking on the Chiefs, and then from 10:30, the 49ers against the Detroit Lions in Santa Clara, which is just outside of San Fran. So Levi Stadium, that will be huge. Um, and it's another big day of sport.
2: Yep, indeed it is. There's so much to get to. You can steer us wherever you like. A big show coming up. Barrett's under racing is going to join us. Jonathan LaPalia as well. We'll talk a bit of Survivor with him, and anywhere else, as I say, you want to go this morning. Bunnings Trade can help you get back to work. They've got amazing value on a huge range.
0: breakfast on SEN.
2: Yes, indeed. A heap coming through off the text. The phone lines are busy as well. It's a Monday after the Australian Open. Normally signals the start of the footy conversation, but there is so much sport happening domestically and abroad, and it continues, uh, of course, today with the conference championship games in the NFL, Kane.
3: Just on that, there's a a video going viral at the moment. Uh, Mahomes is trying to warm up in the end zone uh, in Baltimore. It must be his usual position where yep. he warms up. And Baltimore's kicker is also trying to warm up, Justin Tucker. So there's been a bit of byplay between the two before Travis Kelsey just walked over to the kicker and says, you got to move because this is where Patrick Mahomes warms up. He kicked his ball off the line, this is Kelsey, uh, and chucked his helmet out the way so his quarterback Mahomes could warm up. It's wow. So it's, it's already started. In this, of course, uh, Travis Kelsey's been a prominent player for so long and famous, of course, this year for his relationship with Taylor Swift. But no one gets in the way of, of the two times. They, they get half a field each. They've got the whole They've got the whole. field. Like, there's How's so this much happened? room. They both found themselves in the same spot. I'll send you the video. It's Baltimore's home ground, and Mahomes just walked in there and kicked the kicker out of the way to... Try and warm up, but um yeah. Hey, we don't pull your socks up this morning. I think we... When, oh, when, when have we got time to do that?
2: That, that is, that's out of 6.50. I've got it. Yeah, well, are far away now, if you want. You've got an well, early I've, one. You're itching I've to kept, get one.
3: I've kept some receipts.
2: Oh, no. Sammy, I've kept, I've kept some receipts. You're looking at me re- intently here. I well, I've
3: kept some receipts here because I did have the strong opinion about Sam Walsh and Connor Rosey for a couple of years there in, in their first seasons. And, yeah, I had some strong language, which was probably a little bit too strong that Carlton picked the wrong guy and that they should have gone for... Colin and uh, of course, in the first couple of years, that wasn't looking great for me. Uh, it's looking a little bit better for me now, but um, the great John Ralph wrote a column in 2021 and it said, Kane Corns you were wrong about Sam Walsh. And he sort of had a fair crack. Um, he says, <laughs> "The but this is from Kane. He seems like one of those hot takes that he never really believed. Um, the column in, in 2018. Right. I just noticed, I just noticed... The Herald Sun today have done their ratings, their player rating for 2024. So they've rated every player. Uh, Nick Dacos is number one at 94. Now, they're going to reveal this club by club today. It's it's Collingwood. But in the piece, they've revealed their top 12 players that they've rated uh, in the league. Now, this is Glenn McFarlane and John Ralph.
2: Is this trampling over the top 50?
3: And John Ralph, well, I don't know, it's a bit. This Robo's it, top
2: fifty had some shine uh, taken off it with this.
3: <laughs> it, it, they said they're doing it in the lead up to like Robo's teaser.
2: top fifty. Big teaser. But I
3: but I did notice that, that John Routh actually had Connor Rosie rated the same as Sam Walsh. And in fact, he's named him before Sam Walsh in the top twelve on 90 ratings points according to their new little system. So the criteria is 2023 performances, expected improvement, their role in their given side, their progress over summer club intel, and a little bit of old-fashioned gut feel. So I'm just going <laughs> to wait for the apology for John Ralph, who said that I was completely wrong and sort of mocked me in this column and, and has accused me of making up this opinion for clicks, essentially. He's actually rated Connor Rosie over Th- Sam Walsh. <laughs> so three,
2: three years on, you've got the printout of his column and you've come for him. I've, is, got is, is, I've
3: got the receipts. I've got the receipts. I don't. I don't expect a retraction or an apology on this or a follow up article. So
2: that's a pull up your socks for. But John, pull your socks up. All right for Underworks everyday style all day socks by Underworks. Uh, just enough time. Jeff's uh, been waiting in Manor Lakes. So he won't talk the cricket. How are you, Jeffrey?
6: Good day, guys. Um, this might be an unpopular opinion. Um, look, our batsman let us down this whole test summer. I. Uh, I think our pace bowlers could be better. You look at Joseph yesterday, he got four bowls. Mm. Uh, right, one was dropped on by Green. But Australia do not attack the stumps enough, our pace bowlers. We could have, if they attack the stumps more, we could have won this test a lot easier. We, well, we could have won the test. And if you look at the history of these three pace bowlers, they do not attack the stumps, whereas someone like Scott Boland, he attacks the stumps and he gets the wickets. All right,
2: Jeff, Well, it's a strong take, and I can hear the. I can hear. you know, you're full of conviction there. So I'll throw it out there. People might agree with it. You. you don't often hear the criticism of our bowling attack. Um, that is for sure. So Jeff, we'll let that linger. We'll get to a break. Uh, we're certainly going to spend a lot of time on the cricket at a seven o'clock. Sam Edmund Kane Corns are locked in with you until nine o'clock. This morning, drop your text in the 40 Wings Temper Tray here, 0433 98 11 Temper Pro is Temper's most adaptive mattress ever, and it's here and available. Temper, mattresses like no other.
0: Summer Breakfast on SEN. Oh, Pull up your socks.
6: You could have run and intercepted that first goal. I'm so done with this team. So get out there and attempt to do as I ask.
0: If you don't want to defend, grab your bag and walk Fill out. Pull up your socks for all-day comfort, everyday quality and everyday style. It has to be All Day Socks
2: by Underworks. He went off early. He went yeah, off early, Kano, but that's okay. I, I asked you, I said, are we doing...
3: <laughs> I said, are we doing pull up your socks? And you said, yeah, we are, but just fire away. But it was the right call because I was a bit fired up. We away.
2: needed to clear the slate for you. You've done yours. Mine, I'm I'm taking mine in the direction of if we're looking to lay blame, which isn't, we're, we're more in a celebration mode anyway, but if people are looking <laughs> to lay blame for the test yesterday, I'm looking at Marnus Labashane. Once the world's number one ranked batter, where's he gone? What's happened to him? Mm-hmm. He averaged six against the Windies and, and it's not just the two tests against them; it's been a decline in test output now, dating back oh, I don't know I want to say twelve months, maybe even twenty four months, certainly uh, a year to eighteen months. So what's happened to uh, to Marvis and a king pair for Travis Head? Well, I mean, his socks need to be pulled yeah, up. As but well. pull
3: those up. But I think you're right on on Manus, um, and has probably escaped a bit of scrutiny really when you when you look back. How long yeah, well, credits been, in the is.
2: credits in the bank. But I think now we just need to start asking the question around what's happening to what's what's going on with every
3: time he gets out. He looks like, oh my goodness, what what just happened? Mm-hmm. Like like a grenade has just been bowled at him. Now, Marnus, you just got a good ball or you just played a bad shot?
2: Yeah. And we're, as I said, we're more celebrating the winning star. We're going to get into this out of seven o'clock as well, but plenty to get to uh, right across the sporting sphere. A weather update for City Power this summer, be prepared for extreme weather. Sign up for SMS outage alerts at unitedenergy.com.au. Notify Melbourne today, headed for a top 27 degrees. Back after news.
0: Summer Breakfast, on SEN.
5: We go back? This is the moment. Green, bold!
0: The Bales
6: go flying, and they are flashing red lights. And Cameron Green, just as he was looking in control, he's out.
5: Shamar Joseph, around the wicket, bowls. Travis in,
6: oh. who is bold! It is a king pair! Shamar Joseph is off to the races. Elzari bowls to
0: Smith, he's played underneath, over the top of the keeper for six. True genius. He lets fly.
6: Hazel's bowled! Shamar Joseph has bowled the West Indies to the most romantic of victories. And one of the truly great upsets in Test cricket history. He's off on a lap of honour. <laughs> it's a win and events that will reverberate right through international cricket and it might be the saviour of West Indies cricket. Shamar Joseph is a legend in his second Test match.
2: Just incredible Shamar Joseph, 7 for 68 in the end. The West Indies, their first victory in a Test match in Australia for 24 years. Sam Edmund, Kane Corns are with you this morning, the morning after the incredible scenes at the Gabba yesterday. Test cricket, West Indian cricket's got a new hero, Kane, and it's, Fitting this morning that we go back in time to speak to one of their former stars who's kindly joined us on the line this morning at short notice from the other side of the world. Phil Simmons is with us. Phil, great to have your company this morning, and thanks for donating your time.
7: No problem. No problem. It's great there. <laughs>
2: uh, uh, tell us about it. What did you make of it? I, I think you were watching it from the from the UK. Could you believe what was unfolding over here in uh, in Brisbane?
7: Well, funny enough, I, I didn't I didn't watch it live. I only watched the highlights because by the time it's happening, I was just waking up. So I saw the highlights later on. But by the, that time, I know everything and, and all the excitement was there and all everything. So it's just incredible. It's been an incredible um, series for this young man and for him to come and bowl the West Indies victory how many years you said? 27 years since the last time we had victory in Australia. It's it's just awesome. It's just awesome. And I'm so happy for him and for Craig and the, and the team.
2: Yeah, Carl Hooper was uh, was really emotional over here in the ABC commentary box. Field. Brian Lara had tears in his eyes as well on the broadcast. And, you know, there's such romance around West Indian cricket, your generation and the generations before you in this country. And for a wide variety of reasons you know uh, test cricket in the west indies is, has fallen off the cliff to a degree what what can this do do you think for for test match cricket uh, for the west indies and in the west indies
7: i think i think it can do a lot but i think we've we've just got to step back a little bit and and take note from what two three years ago we had a similar situation in bangladesh where a lot of the senior players didn't go had a very nice young team, and we won series in Bangladesh, which we hadn't done before. And but we let that young team and and the makeup of that team and the direction of that team slip. So we've got to just take note of that and make sure that this team is kept together and this team is kept. I love the look at the middle order with Antunes and Mackenzie and, and and them in the middle, Hodge, and and their temperament and. We've got to now put find some way of keeping this squad together and, and, and playing more matches together as a unit and, and that's how we're gonna grow we make something out of this. But this can be this is supposed to be huge for Western East cricket now.
3: And and Phil Sharma said that yesterday. He said if there's a test match on, mm. I'm available. I mean, how much of an impact can that be? And and could this guy be the leader that does keep this group together?
7: Uh, he's just he's just such a a, a pleasant young man um, during CPL he was there and chat to him and and he, he, but his passion is in the game and and that's the nice thing about it his passion is in the game whether he's he's playing CPL for Ghana or whether he's playing Test cricket for West Indies you see the same passion in there and that's the thing that is going to carry him far and it's also going to help him to to drag a lot of these other young players with him.
3: I mean, you, you played with, with the absolute greats. He said yesterday, I, I told the captain, I, I was bowling until the last wicket fell. I mean, what what is it like to play with someone like that who just wants to have that big moment? They're the best in sport they want and they want to own the moment. He clearly has that, even though he's he hasn't done it much before.
7: Well, that's it. He has it. And I remember one series with someone just like that, you know. Um we came out against South Africa in Barbados and um Ambrose kept begging, Courtney Walsh kept begging for the ball. We we need to bowl in this session because South Africa were on top of us and we needed to to win the game and and it's the same thing with him. Having been hit by one of those spears from Stark on your toe, um, A lot of young players might just say, well I've done my bit so far. I'm, I'm only young, but he put on his boots and he went out there and did what had to be done. Uh,
2: I'll tell you what, Phil, the fast bowling cartel over in uh, your homeland on the islands over there would be beaming, wouldn't they? I mean, Curtly uh, Courtney, I mean, uh, it was reminiscent of some great fast bowling performances of, of yesteryear. He was nudging 150 kilometres an hour yesterday with the, with the bung toe as well for good measure. I mean, it would have warmed the hearts yeah. of a few, I'd imagine.
5: Yeah,
7: yeah, definitely. I can imagine Kurt face, uh, he's over in um, Bangladesh doing some commentary. I could imagine him watching and and jumping off his seat, that at, at things like that. He loves to see, he loves the attitude like that, so it would be great. And I think all the fast bowlers, Michael Holden, um, Courtney Walsh, Joel Garner, all of them would have been so pleased to see his attitude. When he had the ball in his hand and, and just his attitude about Test cricket in itself, mm.
3: Mm. I bet they would have liked the pink rock as well, Phil. I mean, did, did, do you do you like the day-night setup?
7: Uh, yeah, yeah, I think I think it's cool. I think it's nice. Um, I, I enjoy watching it. Um, and I would say in in most of the games the the, the ball rules, but it's it's exciting. It, it changes things. And the other part, too, it gets more people in later in the evening and things like that. So I like the, the day and test matches.
2: I think, didn't Curtley famously took seven for one here uh, going back? What would he have done with a pink ball, uh, Phil? <laughs> he would have been, I wouldn't like to face Kirtley at 8.30 at night at the Gabba with a pink ball. It would be menacing.
7: <laughs> I'd like to see any of my
5: past with a
7: pink one.
2: Well, Phil, we'll let you go. Where, where do we find you, actually, specifically? And what, what are you up to uh, at the moment?
7: I'm actually enjoying home life. I'm in London and just relaxing. I go off to PSL in a couple of weeks' time. Yep. So yep. just enjoying the family for now.
2: Fantastic, Phil. Well, great to have you on at very short notice too. So we, we really appreciate that and a pleasure for both Kane and I to talk to you this morning and uh, and well done on, uh, on some of your countrymen and, and I'm sure a test win that'll live on for a long, long time.
7: Yeah, you just you just took me away from my good glass of champagne. So yeah. <laughs> that's all right.
2: <laughs> good man. We'll let you wait no longer. Phil Simmons joining us on the line from London over there. 26 yep. tests for the West Indies and 143 ODIs. Very, very crafty player came How watchable
3: day. was he? Yeah. Great fielder. He was, um, they were right in the heyday um, when we loved it. But I mean, they just played with freedom and flair. And uh, an enjoyment on their face. Like their faces just light up yep. and they were so thrilled. The
2: gold chains, and, the big celebrations, uh, the acrobatics the, in the field. I
3: loved, I lo- honestly, I love the way that they play. But, but when it was their turn, they stood up and they stepped up. And for Joseph to bowl 12 overs in a row, where our fast bowlers were struggling to bowl two, before they had to go off and change their shirt and get another drink. I mean, what, 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 what has happened to our far, Are they not fit enough? Like on day three... Hazelwood and Stark were really battling. Like you're playing Test cricket in Australia, it is a summer sport. You get your drinks after the end of every over when you're on the boundary line. Why do you need to leave the field? I know it's hot. I know it's humid. There's tough conditions, but I mean we get some horrific conditions in India and other places. It's a summer sport, and Joseph comes out and bowls twelve overs in a row. Mm. So I mean, it's it's tough to criticise our our bowlers. I think largely the blame needs to go on our top six for for the loss of this test match and, and the performance. But I was just watching. What are they leaving the field for again? It was very Very hot.
2: Very, very, very warm. It's
3: a summer sport, Sammy. Like, yeah, it is. Can you no, not prepare is. yourself to bowl? There were some suggestions.
2: Yeah, some suggestions. They were gaming the system and, and such. I certainly raised the eyebrows uh, of a few. And but where does it come from? From the Windies. Oh, by the way, there's a, there's been a score in the NFL conference game. Do yeah. we need to provide a spoiler alert here? Spoiler alert. Well, if you don't want yeah, to know it.
3: If you're going to watch this later on. But we're a sports show, and we give you updates on live sports. So anyone who has a crack at us for telling you the score. You're at the wrong place. We're going to tell you the live score. All right. We are it. a sports... And who watches replays now when you've got the internet? Anyway, Travis Kelsey has just caught a touchdown. Yep. The Chiefs go up early, 6-0. Who else? Mahomes to, to Kelsey. This, was that the game, end he was
2: warming up at?
3: Well, I don't know. This <laughs> game's got everything. There was a fight before the game. They're kicking the, the kicker off his own field. It's extraordinary. So uh, this is going to be an epic, I would have thought. But, um Yeah.
2: So it's going to be Chiefs.
3: No no apologies for revealing the live score. We're a sports station.
2: Uh, The conversion's just about to be slammed through. So it's uh, Chiefs 7, Ravens 0, 7.41 left in the first over there. Mahomes are very animated. He's up and about, and the Chiefs are off to a good start. So where does it come from from the windies, though? you, You need a spark sometimes, and when you've been down and out, you've been kicked for so long. Something has to happen to provide you with a bit of motivation. Now, this was one of our greats. Rodney Hogg came back on January 22nd. Talking about the West Indies on Channel 10.
6: Let's not beat around the bush. They were hopeless. Uh, We should have two divisions now. We can't have these weak sides coming out here. Mitchell Stark with a brand new pink ball, he's going to run straight through them. Um, So I wouldn't think the game would go any further than three days. They're pathetic. Well, I look back at the West Indies of old and we're down stretching on the ground and they're running past in speedos and I'm going, gee, look at their muscles. These days, the West Indies, they'd be running past in overcoats. (laughs)
2: Hopeless, pathetic, no muscular definition, which was a little bit random. But that stayed with the Windies. This was their captain uh, after the result last night, that dramatic victory, Braithwaite, uh, speaking about uh, Rodney Hogg.
0: I must say, we had two words, you know, that inspired us in this last match. Mr. Rodney Hogg said we're pathetic and hopeless. So, so, So that was our inspiration. We wanted to show the world. Not pathetic. and they must ask him, are these
2: muscles big enough for him? Are these muscles big enough for him? <laughs> <laughs> that is one
3: of the great replies. But, he, I mean, Rodney wasn't alone, was he? We were all predicting how many days is it going to yep.
2: last. Well, I remember we had Adam White on um, on Friday with uh, Josh Jenkins, and when that was six for 50-odd and paying nearly 60 bucks with, with, with betting markets around the place for, for the win, you thought, we're going to be all home by Saturday mm. here watching this test. And Any yeah, criticism
3: towards the crowd? 3,000, day well, four at the Gabba.
2: Well, only mean? 900-odd showed up for the first ball, Robert Craddock is riding, and it swelled to 3,000 by the end. But I think it had poured in the morning up there in Brisbane. It looked like they weren't going to get a ball bowled and it was going to be highlights all day. So maybe people thought the modest total, pouring down anyway, will stay away, and then people made other plans by the time the sun had come out. But, yeah, it was, a, right. <laughs> it was a shame.
3: <laughs> We're asking you the question this morning, who did you find yourself barracking for And if you're like us, we're barracking for the West Indies. And what does that say about our Australian cricket team? Or was it just one of those freak sporting events where you're just drawn to what the West Indies have done? Uh, Pat Cummins spoke after the game. Even he reckons he was a little bit happy to see what the West Indies have done. I mean, yeah, they outplayed us. They played brilliantly. Um, And, yeah, I know a lot of the talk was coming to this that you... um, you know, there's some debutants and some names that haven't travelled over here before, but, uh, you know, once you put it out on an international 11, uh you know, you know it's going to be tough, whoever you're playing. And they were fantastic. They've created a couple of new superstars that we didn't know about before the series. And
7: as a cricket fan, as a Test Match cricket fan, um, yeah, there's a part of me that's was happy to watch.
2: Kane, look at the schedule of our bowling cartel over the past 12 months. I think you need to cut them some slack mm. if they're feeling a bit tired. Hopefully some fresh blood for the Kiwi Series next month. Ron, Kane, the Aussie bowlers bowled around 1 million overs this past cricket year. The West Indies bowlers bowled around 50 overs. Take uh, a rest, boys. A few of these texts coming through.
3: They've bowled 14 overs each in in the innings, uh, around about. Oh, and, well, that's what they did in, in the one that I'm critical of. If you cannot... Get yourself together as a professional athlete to bowl more than three overs in a row and stay on the field. Like you, you get drinks breaks, you get lunch breaks, you get the tea break, you get a drink after the end of every over as the fast bowling coach comes around with your water bottle, you get a rest. You need to bowl six six balls in and over, I, I couldn't believe the amount of times are leaving the field.
2: Kane, and seriously, thought, serves them right. Think about the last twelve months; those guys have played almost every test, India, that's your Ashes, job. World Cup, your, tours, silly job. ODI, T Twenty series they're not in between. Ready,
3: that then, that's a selectors' issue. If if they're not ready, we we have a number of fast bowlers that haven't had a run uh, throughout this summer. Then then there's the criticism at. The selectors, if the fast bowlers aren't ready. Where's I Boland?
2: Where's Lance Morris? It's, I mean, it's I exactly couldn't believe right. Boland didn't get a crack or a wild Nathan thing at Lyon, a particular point. Nathan but... Lyon was leaving the field.
3: like, mm. And you're right. Were they trying to game the system? And did that come back to bite them? Because when Joseph, who's hardly ever played, can bowl 12 overs straight in the same conditions and win the test match single-handedly for them... I think you need to look back at that day three and go, what, what where, what were our fast bowlers? Doing? Off the
2: text, if that was England or India, everyone will be up in arms about them going off. Get your drinks on the boundary or don't bowl. Says this text coming through. Uh, Shamar Joseph though, speaking of bowling, was the story uh, yesterday. We'll hear from him on the other side of this break and get involved with us here though. Forty wings temper, oh four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. And have you cobbled together some sort of winners and losers manifest from some- the weekend?
3: Some weekend winners and losers. And a big weekend. A few relate to footy because the footy's been yep. overlooked, but uh, we, we got a touch on the Western Bulldogs review, which finally came
2: through. Oh, we so did that to... big time on Friday, but yes, we can back up. Uh, Nick Dacos sure. features in yes. the
3: winners and losers. Not sure which side he'll be on. Um, so we might do a couple of those. I've got a
2: fair idea this. where you might be going there, but I like mm. the intrigue just the same. Uh, keep it locked here. Summer breakfast, Sam Edmund. And Kane Corns with you. We're powered by Kubota. Take on any job with Kubota's mowers, tractors, and land pride attachments.
0: Summer breakfast on SEN.
2: Oh, Kane's put the Aussie quicks in the gun. Uh, Perhaps just uh, not navigating the heat as best as they should, but a lot of sympathy coming through off the text for what it's worth. Uh, Kane, Queensland humidity turns men into mice, is this text? It
3: didn't turn Shamar Joseph into a mouse.
2: Well, different conditions maybe. Daryl was at the Gabba yesterday, though. Not many were, unfortunately. That was the one uh, shame in it. Maybe about 3,000 by the time uh, Shamar Joseph took that final wicket uh, and the scalp of Josh Hazelwood. But Daryl was there and he joins us. Darrell, what did you make of it? It must have been incredible. It was unbelievable, Daryl. Yeah, we,
5: we woke up and I was just pouring our rain. And we were, we were thinking, oh, should we go in, should we? And we thought, oh, i will go in, check six out. Think I'll be dead. Yeah, we woke up at the gather and, um, gee, it was humid. It was very humid day. Um, we sat next to a group of pilots, of all people. And, uh... Each time one of them went up and got beer, we got out, Johnny Bear, stay, get back in your crease. That was a bit of a bum, but uh, we, well, it was like our Australia bowler, we were worrying when Shamal was going through his spell. Like, our bowler cutting got him through three hours of a spell, and this guy's just steaming in bowling quick, and it was just an unbelievable day. And we ended up pretty much supporting West Indies. That's what I make yeah. a out of it, and it was just unbelievable. Who are you barracking for? Uh, we're, we're back in the West Indies, in the out. and win the game. So well,
3: this, was great to be there. Yeah, it was set up for him, wasn't it? So I think we needed 14, and Steve Smith needed 13 for the ton. And I'm thinking, I always thought the Aussies were going to win. I just thought that Steve yep. Smith was going to get them yep. home, and and would have been. Equally as good. Like if Steve Smith had have batted through, got to 100 and got us home, still would have been still would have been great. But, for, yeah, for whatever reason, found myself so, barracking for the West Indies.
2: Just quickly, you're asking, yeah, who are you barracking for? Well, a lot of texts coming through saying they weren't really barracking for either. I mean, by extension, they were barracking for the West Indies. They were barracking for the game. They were barracking mm. for Test Cricket. And to barrack for Test Cricket, you needed Shamar Joseph to do what he did and you needed the West Indies to do what he did now. Test cricket in the West Indies. Look, it's uh, it's been spoken about at length over the last uh, oh, 20 years or so. This was, this was Shamar Joseph. You mentioned this earlier, Kane. His commitment and his love of the longest form of the game.
4: Uh, this is all my dream. I must say to play test cricket for the West Indies. I'm actually live here and I'm not afraid to see this. There, there will be times that um, T20 might come around. Test cricket will be there. And I will see this live. I, I would always be available to, be, to play for the West Indies no matter how much money it takes or come towards me. So I will always be here to play test
2: And a lesson that you can come from anywhere. He's from a, a Barakara, remote Guyana, two days by boat from the port town of New Amsterdam. There's 350-odd people living there. Only got the internet reportedly in, in 2018. No high school there. Uh, he was a logger. Then he was a security guard. I mean, to come from there... And bowling with fruit in the backyard to where he is now. You can't, he only started bowling uh, with a hard ball three years ago. Uh, He's absolutely amazing. uh,
3: Yeah, and Barat's going to join us a little bit later on here. He'll give us an insight into into just an expand on on what you've said. But that's one of the great quotes I've heard. And wouldn't those that love Test cricket, and there's so many still there, just buzz when they hear him Mm. say that. And I, I guess the question has been, okay, three strong test playing nations in 10 years, is that going to cut it? This is probably highlighted that it won't. To have a great sporting event, you need to turn up on the day and there needs to be a chance that either team can win. I think that's what makes a a good event. Now, one team will always be favourites and sometimes heavily favourite, but there needs to be at least a small chance that both teams can win. And to have that happen um, has been you know, the greatest thing for, for test cricket in some time. And I think that highlights that Now we can't just have three strong nations. We need eight.
2: A lot of people texting through saying the decision to declare at nine for was arrogant uh, as well. And quite a few people texting through to say, no doubt the Aussies didn't pay them the respect they deserve. They got sidetracked by other issues like the Australia Day. Uh, Kerfuffle as well, and political issues going in. Um, So maybe we just underestimated them, perhaps as as simple as that as well. Um, Before we get to the news, Mick's in uh, Airport West here, Kane. Now, Mick, morning to you.
6: Yeah, good morning, boys. It's exactly what you just said, Sam. They just underestimated the West Indies. You heard before the series started, they'd already written West Indies off. So for West Indies to come out and do what they did, Mick, it just came down to one word: belief. So mm. they knew yeah. they could do it, and they had a young squad, and they were playing best team in the world. They
7: just Australia just underestimated them, and they deservedly got what what was coming mm. to them. So, you know, put on them. And there's no excuse about
5: how many Test matches they, they get paid squillions of dollars. Yeah. There's no excuse. Okay.
3: Well and, and a lot of been- a lot of the test matches have been like for those pointing out the fast bowlers' workload. I mean the, the test here in Adelaide lasted two days, two and a bit. I mean they they they've had enough rest. Um isn't momentum crazy? I mean we talk about this throughout the AFL season always. It's like a force in sport like so the momentum that they created and mm-hmm. mixed right, the belief, but also momentum is a crazy thing in sport when once you have it and when you can ride the momentum, regardless of Whatever sport it is, it does some some crazy things, and we see that highlighted every year. But that was that was another thing that stood out to me yesterday.
2: Oh, I can't wait for the third test decider. All oh, right, that's Couchy in Watsonia. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's unfortunate, Couchy. Uh Baltimore have scored. Uh, the Ravens seven, Chiefs seven. Late stages of the first quarter over there, so we'll keep an eye on that uh, conference championship game uh, between the Chiefs and the Ravens. It's on as we speak. Uh, Nathan Gardner's got the news headlines. Kane, we'll grab ourselves a cafe coffee and be back in a short moment.
1: Always thought we were a chance. Um, I was hoping that he wasn't going to keep coming. It was a pretty good effort that in in this humidity. Um, You know, I'm just batting and I'm cramping pretty much my whole body right now. So for him to just keep coming and bowling close to 150 um, was pretty incredible. And then Alzari, the same up the other end, he kept coming as well. So, um, yeah, it was, I I always believed that we could get there. Um, You know, Josh is no mug with the bat either. Uh, Gary's been batting as well as he has, I reckon, in his career and, you know, played well in the first inning. So, you know, plan was kind of, with Gaza just to bat normally. And then when Hoff got out there to try and take four balls and, and leave two for Hoff and, you know, maybe I shouldn't have given him two against Shamar with him on fire. That's questionable perhaps, but it gets tough when it, when it gets down to that period there. Uh, we debated that earlier. Should he
2: have been leaving the two balls for Josh Hazel to face Shamar Joseph when the man was on fire and, and looking like taking a wicket every single time he steamed it in 150 clicks, but it is difficult. We know that, but I mean, could have got to the fifth, tried to engineer a single. The man was 91 unbeaten at the close. But look, it's hindsight. Could have, should have, would have, didn't. It was all set up for Steve Smith to be the hero and hit the winning runs. I thought, wouldn't that have changed the narrative? And maybe it's already been changed around You know, him needing the runs. He got those and he will make a good fist of it at opener. But um, only Travis Head and Dave Warner made tons in this uh, summer cricket season for the Aussies, which are the bare facts at the moment. So the batting... Just hasn't been up to scratch, unfortunately. No,
3: it hasn't. And it obviously, uh, often just one person's innings has uh, overshadowed the rest and relieved uh, them from some criticism. So that that was where the problems lied throughout this summer, if there was any criticism to be had. And when he when he hit that ramp six, we heard the call from, oh, from Gerald. I thought that was, that was ex- extraordinary. I just, the only criticism, as I said before, was I thought he took too long to get going. Mm. I didn't think he read the writing on the wall when we were six and seven down and he needed to push push the boundaries a little bit um more often than what he did. I, I thought he took too long to get going. Steve Smith.
2: Big year ahead for the Australian cricket team. Boy boy oh boy. It's gonna be huge. Um Kane, your winners and losers. You've done some scribbling down over the weekend. Such a massive weekend of sport. We've had We've had everything. Footy preparation's ramping up now. We've had the tennis. We've had uh, the cricket. We've had the cycling. We've had absolutely everything. We've got the NFL at the moment. You've cobbled together a... a, uh, You've got a column split down the middle of your page there. You've got your winners and losers, which uh, I'm interested to have a little... Listen to after this break, actually. I know you've. But there's a lot of notes there in front of you, so I'm looking forward to this. Uh, SEN Breakfast is for Melbourne Airport Parking. You can book online for the best rates at melbourneairport.com.au. Back in a moment with Kane's observations from the weekend of school.
0: Summer Breakfast on SEN.
2: Early stages in the second quarter over there in Baltimore. The Ravens 7, the Chiefs 7. The plot thickens, though, because the Chiefs have a first and goal on the six-yard line, Kane. So we'll watch with interest as they march towards another score of some kind. But you've paid very close attention uh, to the sport over the weekend and there was no shortage of it. Uh, Barrett Sunderace is going to join us a little bit later on from SEN Cricket. Uh, But we'll draw a a line underneath that for now. Um, Where do you want to begin here?
3: I thought there was winners and losers everywhere, and I want to get your thoughts. O four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. Your weekend winners and losers from the world of sport. Um, I mean, we've we've done a lot of cricket, but Shamar Joseph, doctor, weekend winner. <laughs> yes, like what He a, what mentioned a befo- him
2: about a hundred times. <laughs> what a, performance. Times. Yeah. What a uh, performance. Hang on, you doctor. Hang on. But there was there was. I think someone said it anyway. Obviously, a little bit of modern medicine, just to maybe 100%. a needle, or, maybe a needle or two, might have intervened at the at the Gabba to get him up. Which is nothing, nothing wrong with that?
3: Nothing untoward there. So he was a winner. But what about Darren Cale as a winner over the weekend? Now, now this guy, uh, we, we're giving him enough credit. Of course, the son of the legendary Port Adelaide coach, John Cale, uh, played some footy, then was on the pro tennis circuit, has turned himself into one of the most renowned tennis coaches we've ever seen. So, of course, guided Leighton Hewitt to the world number one ranking, Andre Agassi, Simona Halep, and now Sinner seems to be well on his way to be the best player in the world. And I thought he's coaching last night. You and Mark sort of, Williams
2: is coaching as well. And
3: Choco, <laughs> Choco there as well. But if you're going to have a weekend winner, Darren Cale, what oh, a yeah. performance What a performance from him. I thought another, it wasn't on the weekend, I don't think, might have been on Friday, was, was Nick Dacos for, for his tackle on Nathan Murphy. Why is he a winner? Because if he had done that in a game, for those that you have seen it, and the crackdown from the AFL, on sling tackles and driving the head into the ground, I'm going to say three weeks. So Nick Dacos is a winner. Why is he a because winner? Because he performed that tackle at training and uh,
2: not in a game.
3: What? If that was in a game, three weeks ineligible what, for the Browns. Uh, what are that you that even was talking a nasty, about? That was a nasty tackle. So
2: get it out of your system now. Is that what is you think? He's
3: a winner. Yeah. If, well, if maybe he had he's, done that in round one, well, it's a you got to get
2: out of those habits, though. And what about the fact that he put his most vulnerable teammate in danger of never playing again?
3: Well, and that's the other thing. Does that make him a winner. loser? No, that's the reason he's a winner, because that could have been really nasty for Nathan Murphy, who's had his issues. But from what I've read, and you'll be able to tell me, has escaped with no serious issues He returned
2: to play out, but I just so think... Geez, that's he's why a, he's a winner. Only by, f- by incredible fortune is he as a winner.
3: Another winner, day-night test cricket. It's just better, is it not? Like, more of it, please. Like I, I get the, th- the, the theory that the novelty could wear off, but if you're looking at winners and losers over the weekend... Test cricket, but day-night Test cricket is just better. Mm-hmm. It looks better, more happens, there's more action. It's in a better time slot. The pink ball's magnificent. It's fairer for the bowlers over the batsmen, where everything has been skewed towards the batters. So, weekend winner, day-night uh, Test cricket. There's no doubt about it. Shamar Joseph, we've touched on. Uh, he was a, he was a winner, as were the West Indies for their first Test match win on Australian soil since 1997. Losers, the Australian batsmen, no doubt. Travis Head. He's the third Australian batsman to get a king pair. You touched on Labashay and you want him to pull his socks up. Green's just not good enough to be a test number four. He could have been out five times. Uh, oh, he geez, he got a good on one yesterday. Three.
2: He was closing in on a 50. He got a very good ball yesterday.
3: The last session on day three, come he on. played and missed about six times. He edged one. He looked horrible. He's come just on. not good enough Difficult yet. Difficult wicket may, to bat on. He may get there in time, but right now he's not Classy enough to be an Australian uh, number four. Um, Then we've got to talk about our bowlers. I mean, how weak they were on Saturday. Three overs, leave the field, get a drink, come back on, change a shirt. Uh, That was extraordinary. Uh, A a loser, the Zing Bales. Why? Well, because they don't come off the wicket. Oh,
2: (laughs) Sorry, (laughs) yeah. Alex
3: Carey was bold. The grooves are a bit big. The Zing Bales weigh 27 grams, whereas the wood ones weigh (laughs) 9 grams. So the weekend loser was the Zing Bales. Uh, I thought the Australian Open with the, the fizzer of the women's final, if anyone paid minimum 500 bucks to uh, see that game, mm. and they got 76 minutes, you're a loser. But just, just <laughs> finally, i got one more winner. Now, I want to get, get your thoughts on this, because you discussed it with uh, JJ on Friday. Mm. Weekend winner, Luke Beveridge. Uh, go on. Okay. Survives the external review
2: we well, was no always blame, going to. I no, told
3: you. No that. No blame whatsoever. Pretty sure I told you that Hang months on. ago. Let me explain. Survives the external review. Uh, it looks as though they've overlooked all of all of the flaws, the inability to um, stop momentum, not maximise the list, the selection issues that he's had, the run-ons that he can't stop, it's and all the blame.
2: The all
3: the that. blame has been lumped on Chris Grant. Clearly, <sighs> not only that. We now have a report in the West Australian is reporting that the Dockers are going to target Luke Beveridge as their next coach should things not go well for Justin Longmuir, meaning that Beveridge once again has significant leverage, just as he did when he got that two-year contract extension after the Saints sacked Brett Ratten. They thought, oh, the Bulldogs, oh, the Saints might go and get him. We'll give him an extension that they didn't need to get him. Now he's got leverage. So what a a weekend for Luke Beveridge. I thought he was a significant winner out of it.
2: Beveridge has leverage. There you exactly go. right. It was an interesting review What you think about finding. that report? Yeah, very clever, I thought, from the Western Bulldogs. And maybe even... It's probably too strong a term to say brave. But the review wasn't kind to Chris Grant. Now, that much is obvious. And a, and a bit of that might have come from the playing group. The man just had too much on his plate. So, Matty Egan's a winner because he comes in under a, under a role that now has him being uh, the newly created role of general manager of football operations. So, it essentially... He reports to Chris Grant, who still effectively is the head of football there, the club legend. But it just takes him away from the day-to-day operational, you know, out of the weeds, so to speak, that he was finding mm. difficult to juggle with everything else, everything else going on. Is so, it
3: sustainable, Sammy? I think I'll so. You, I think I, this I, is
2: more of a pre-COVID setup to be honest. Like. I think this will, this is sustainable. This is certainly more sustainable than the than the former. I'll because give,
3: I'll I, give you three months, the over or under before Chris Grant.
2: No, it will be fine, because he's a more overarching view now of the, the list strategy going forward, all the things you mentioned, you know, the support, um, daily operations, the support for staff, the support for Bevo, the support for, for everyone else in the organisation he now has more time for, and Matt Egan, who's so highly regarded in that development space, can now come in and do what he does well as well, so... I think it's a tick, tick, tick. When I reckon some lesser clubs might have been tempted to even, maybe move someone on in that situation. They haven't done that, so this is what one. reviews are done for. They re- they find your weakest moments and you fix them.
3: Yeah, so that's that's one part of it. What did you make of the report in the West Australian front page of the paper yeah. on Saturday that uh, Fremantle are clearly in no rush, according to them, to extend yeah. Justin Longmire? You and I, you have know discussed where I sit with this. <laughs> you've discussed, we've discussed this a lot. And now the link between Simon Garlick and Bob Murphy and Luke Beveridge, they're, they're eyeing him off should things not go that well and if the Dockers start slowly this season.
2: Not a surprise, though, is it? Wouldn't be a surprise at all. I, I've always said and I always thought Luke Beveridge can coach. He's an excellent coach. Now, eventually your time's up. You, everyone's time expires. Um, that doesn't mean you're lost to the game forever. And we've had to put our flags in the ground over our predictions for the year. And my... my Prediction, admittedly bold, is that Justin Longmuir doesn't survive. And now, if that does happen, they're going to be looking for a new coach. And I'd definitely be looking at Luke Beveridge. For but sure. He's got, what's he got? Another year after this yeah. one, though. Yeah, yeah, 2025. So, I mean, he, he would have
3: to go with the, the Western Bulldogs blessing and, and maybe. <laughs> Maybe they would be prepared and go, okay, well, it's time now for a fresh start. We're okay with, with him going off to, to Fremantle if that's the way that it sits. I know there's a lot to play out there. We, but
2: we shouldn't be surprised by anything in the game. And, and for something like this to take place, if something like this takes place, it, it's, its origins are often a year in advance, two years in advance. It takes a long time to engineer things like this. So, look, if the report is true, um, it makes sense.
3: Give us your weekend winners and losers, 04 03, 11 16. So Longmuir is a loser, front page of the West Australian already. And the pressure mm. feels like has shifted over there. Their, their press is pretty savage. Feels like it's shifted from the Eagles, which they've been hard on for the last two years and rightly so. Eagles now in a development stage. It's all been about Harley Reid to the real ramp-up of pressure on Longmuir before the season's even started. Uh, Chris Grant's a loser and also your blues. I just thought another preseason injury, yeah. Jack Silvani. Whilst he's not a star player, I think he's an important fabric player for the Blues. Gives them some flexibility in whatever role that he plays has been struck down. So the Blues are a bit of a loser as well.
2: One three hundred, seven three six, seven three six. You got a winner or a loser. The forty wings tempe you can drop him in there as well. O four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. One of the biggest losers of the weekend. No doubt about it. Liverpool football club to use oh, lose Jurgen Klopp at season's end, one of the greatest managers in world football. Taking him to a Premier League title, a drought-breaking one, the cha- another Champions League crown as well. Many other trophies He said, oh, I, I'm out at the end of the season, so let's let's make good while the going's good. He's burnt out, as he? He's enough. He's cooked, enough. The, he's he's cooked the sausage. It, sausages thousand, have been cooked. He's been talking times. to Damien Hardwick, I think. <laughs> if he ends up at Chelsea, there'll be some questions. But he said, I'm not coaching any other club in England. You can take that to the bank. Will I coach oh. again? I'm not saying never. But I'm cooked. They're on top of the Premier League table. Five points clear with a... I think City got a game in hand in second, but uh, they're going magnificently. And now this news has just dropped. So that...
3: Will he sign a five-year deal nine weeks after he says he was at That's what I said. At
2: Chelsea. <laughs> no, I can't, I can't see that happening. Uh, but he maybe has been talking to Damien Hardwick. Okay. Our winners and losers. They're canes. Give us yours. Uh, Barista made ice cold drive through for your iced coffee favourites at McCafe. Uh, Keep in touch with us here. Uh, We're powered by Melbourne Airport Parking. Book online for the best rates. melbourneairport.com.au Summer Breakfast on SEN. Yes, indeed. Jonathan Lapalier coming up. We're going to talk Survivor, Barat Sunder Racing as well on the cricket. Canes winners and losers have dropped. Dan's dropped us in one, though. Anybody who attended in conversation with Tom Brady would question whether he came out a winner. The MC he chose to associate himself with was very poor judgment. JT Fox was an awful host, and the questions were no good either. So I saw an earlier Weekend loser. And maybe an article has been written up. Um, Brooksie's telling me as well some feedback for... For JT Fox, so if you got along to uh, in conversation with Tom Brady, um, let us know what you thought of it and how it all went down. I think for Tom himself, people just loved it and great, great stories, great anecdotes. Very impressive man.
3: See him throwing touchdowns to, to our very own and Luke Hodge and Hodge Luke, as well. Luke Hodge well, caught maybe, a touchdown. Maybe
2: the Blues involvement's losing its luster because I see he's posed up with a couple <laughs> of the Aston boys as well. <laughs> Collingwood might have got a look in. Hodgey's catching touchdown passes. Maybe the Blues. <laughs> they just got in first. Oh,
3: maybe, 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 maybe. <laughs> uh,
2: Winners and losers. Uh, Basil's in Thanks, Basil. There's Ali Preston. Poor old Basil. We, we spoke about this earlier. I think yeah. his explanation, I'm buying it. Kane's buying it. Uh, he might have just uh, been pretty unlucky there, Basil, I think.
3: What'd you make him? We, we touched on Ralphie's almighty backflip a little bit earlier. Uh, for those that missed it and, and pull your socks up, you can catch up on that, but... Uh, the, <laughs> What'd you make of the Herald Sun ranking? I'm not Nick a big Dacos? I'm not a
2: big player ranking player. You're not a player guy ranking nah, guy. Nah, no, nah, I think nah, it's
3: nah, important. Nah. I think you need to know it's at all so times. So
2: horrendously objective. I it can't is, get my. But I around. think
3: we need to know at all not times. Not interesting. Like, like largely in most sports, you know who the number one player in that sport is at any given time. They've rated
2: like, every single player.
3: I understand that's that's good. I don't I don't mind what they've done here, but they have said that Nick Dacos is the best player. In the game, ahead of uh, Mark. I actually don't have an issue with their top five. So they've gone Nick Dacos. They've gone Marcus Bonson-Pelly, Toby Green, Christian Petrarca, and Errol Goulden. Perhaps Errol's just a touch high for me at number five. Then they've gone Kerno Butters, Ro- Rosie. They said Rosie. Connor kind of Rosie. Sam Taylor, Jeremy Cameron, <laughs> Sam Walsh behind Connor Rosie and Jordan Degoy rounding out the top 12. I, I think it's a pretty solid 12, but got an issue with it? Let us know your thoughts and some feedback for the Herald Suns rankings today. Can't
2: believe the score for Ed Allen. I was staggered. He was 46. He should have at least <laughs> been 49. Okay, we'll take a break. The Chiefs are looking like winners. 14-7 on the Ravens. Early days. Early days. Early days. Summer Breakfast on SEN.
5: Just thinking back to
2: that player list, Kane, I'm fascinated to see where... And the Sam walsh Rosie comparisons might well live on forever. They're both, well, not going to be brilliant players. They mm. are brilliant players, and they will both have magnificent careers. But so Sam Walsh's final series off the back of a preseason that was horrific. He didn't what? play like until s- round five, indeed. I Had the back issues, which is, you know, a serious injury, of, of course, and couldn't even bend down to, to pick up the ball at the various stages of the preseason. So for him to get up ahead of steam... And play those three finals as he did with a full run at it over summer. I, I'm bullish on what he might be able to deliver, and Connor no, Rosie as well.
3: He's one of the players I respect most in the league. But um, you know, the comment was that I've just said this um, to make stuff yep. up, really. But That's you don't really believe it. And now yeah. I think that the thing about sport is that the, each could be true. You, you could easily have a pick, and half would pick Connor Rosie now, and half would pick Sam Walsh still. But I don't think it's as Clear cut as, as old mate Ralphie was saying, to the point where he's now rated them the
2: same. You think the captaincy would uh, will suit him, your man?
3: Yeah, I do. It's been the writing's been on the wall there for twelve months. They've done a lot of work behind the scenes, um, putting some mentors in place for him and to fast track him along along these Who's lines. Who's looking so, after
2: him on that front?
3: Um, John James was a former CEO of the the Port Adelaide Football Club. He's now a, an executive at Vanguard, the big investment fund he yeah. lives in in philadelphia he's just incredible incredible life he, he's done a bit of work with with connor rosie behind the scenes and i think a few others as well
2: yeah right now looking forward to his year also we're going to talk survivor in a moment they call us we don't call them now the host of course is jonathan laparley does a great job it's Titans what a show titans v rebels tonight 7 30 on channel 10 and jonathan joins us on the line your favorite show is it not oh, Kate? i love i love this show jonathan laparley welcome to, back to SCN. great to have you
6: Oh, thanks for having me on.
2: Uh, it's a g- exciting time, mate. What are we in for here? This is uh, this is Titans v. Rebels. As I said, starts tonight, uh, Channel 10, 730, uh, the 11th season of Australian Survivor. What what are we all in for tonight and going forward?
6: Well, you know, you're getting over your skis there. It's the ninth season of oh. Australian
2: Survivor. Oh, okay. I've jumped the yeah, gun. That's
6: okay. Yeah, you've jumped the gun. That's all right. It's still going
2: to be amazing, I'm tipping. <laughs>
6: It's still going to be amazing. Nine's better than eleven. Let me tell you right now.
2: Yes. Okay. All right. Well, what, what, what? Obviously, drops tonight on uh, on Channel Ten at, at seven thirty. I know Kane's been itching to get on the show for for years and years. It's uh, there is a couple of familiar faces, though, is there not? For particularly for people who might listen to our little sports station here. Uh is it? This- well, is Nathan? Fre-
6: a bunch of new players this year. Who you? Uh, is is you
2: Na- Is Nathan Freeman in the show? Yeah, he is.
6: Yes, yeah. yes, yes, he is. But uh, uh, he—he's uh, kind of the uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, I guess he's—he's he's a recognizable face. <laughs> yes. I've kind of he, forgot
3: about that, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, you know, he's a yeah f- <laughs> former footballer. He had some had some troubles with his body, but has gone in incredibly confident. If if the promos can be. Uh, believe Jonathan I-, I got so many questions for you I mean let- let's start with the physical element for it and how you get the balance right of of trying to keep the game safe but also trying to come up with a real physical test for these players particularly when it comes to the challenges
6: yeah it can be a fine line you know uh, we want to make it you know tough for them and entertaining for the audience but uh, at the end of the day you know safety is paramount but you know we do get we do uh it does we do push you know at times and uh and you know, we have had some some injuries uh but we uh we want to try and make sure that doesn't happen going mm. forward <laughs> what what
3: what have you noticed with i mean so that's the one part the the challenges but then there's just the living like the the standard of living that the the, the players are put through the lack of food the lack of sleep, um, you're not having access to showers and things like that. What, what are the characteristics that set up the successful people with that can cope with these demands more so than others?
6: Look, I think it catches most of them off guard. You know, it's one thing when you're watching the show from the comfort of your living room, but when you get out there, it's, it's real and it's tough and the conditions, the, particularly the weather, it's brutal. It can be so uh, scorching hot during the day and then at night time it can rain and be freezing cold which really sucks when all you have is a banana leaf over your head on the beach and and uh, it really does test the players uh, mm. and, and, and you, you uh, it's sink or swim out there, you, you have to uh, figure out how to cope with it otherwise it's going to crush you mm.
3: How has your craft developed over the years? I mean a lot of the drama happens at Tribal Council, and, and you need to be on your game, I guess, to tap into that and to create and to emphasize that drama. I mean, how has how your craft developed over, over the years of doing this and hosting the show?
6: Yeah, look, you know, the, the Tribal is one of the trickiest parts of the show for me, and to be honest with you, I don't, I, I don't feel like I've quite, still I still haven't quite figured it out. Uh, you know, I have 24 players that I need to keep track of and i need Mm. to understand their games in detail and i'm trying to extract information from them at tribal at the same time i don't want to blow up their games you know but so i am walking this fine line all the time and um it is it is really tricky and from a mental uh perspective really that that's the part of the show that really tests me
2: Jonathan, how has the the game and how it's played evolved over time? In your experience, if at all, I mean, is it is it a case of nice guys finish last? Because it's not always the case. But I mean, how has it trended? Is it trending more towards those who perhaps are, are are willing to backstab more often than not, or or more coming back in lines of the guys and girls who maybe keep a lower profile and just play a little safer?
6: No, look, I think I I think it's. The the former. I think that um, you know when we when Australian Survivor first started, I think we got bogged down in this whole idea of mateship, which is you know a very uh, Australian Hmm. thing, but it doesn't work for Survivor. Uh, You you have to be ruthless uh, because at the end of the day, the conceit is you're voting out someone every second night, and so. you have to do what you have to do to get to the end. And I think the game has become uh, more aggressive and a little more ruthless because of that. Uh, But that makes for, you know, uh, more interesting viewing.
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, And the other thing is, um, from your point of view as well, do people ask you for advice in between seasons? Like, I mean, are you one to always be... Have your counsel sought on how best to play the game?
6: Uh, well, you know, in interview, yes, yeah, sure. But look, the great thing about Survivor is that there's no one way to play this hmm. game. There are infinite paths to the end. And I think that's what makes it so um, fun to watch and, and what has made it so popular over the years uh so it, 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 there there just there are just so many paths, but there are certain characteristics that you need uh in order to succeed. You need to have a strong social game, you need to be able to think five steps ahead and think about what the other players might do, and you have to be willing to take risks and If you have those things in your bag, I think you can do quite well mm. in the game.
3: Mm. Give us an insight into the production of of the program. How many people are on staff behind the scenes that clearly we don't see?
5: Yeah,
6: it's a it's huge. Uh, it's the crew is something like three hundred strong. Wow. I mean, half of those uh, are Aussies and half of them are local. You know, hmm. I and mean, we're currently shooting in Somalia, so half of those are Somalians. Um it, there's a lot of people involved in making this show. It's a, a big lumbering ship behind the camera.
3: And where do you set yourself up? <laughs> you you get all the creature comforts, I suppose? No tents.
6: <laughs> no, well, yeah. Are you kidding me? I get I get the fluffy slippers, I get the be <laughs> on set. yeah. I'm
2: a total diva out there, 100%. Jonathan, love it. Looking forward to it as always, mate. Um, Appreciate you sharing us uh, some of your time this morning. Titans Rebels, 7.30 tonight, Channel 10, of course. Big season of uh, Aussie Survivor in store. and, And looking forward to watching it all, mate. Thanks again for your time.
6: Oh, thanks for having
2: me on, guys. Good on you, Jonathan Lapalley. There does Kane sound like Nathan Freeman's not going to last too long? <laughs> 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 to be honest, <laughs> uh, wasn't, the, familiar with, <laughs> wasn't familiar with Nathan's work. Not the backstory, <laughs> no. Perhaps not. And um, and I swear, I read oh, it was okay. the eleventh season, but clearly it's the 9th. I don't know. Maybe I I was given a bum steer there. I just uh, Can ninth eleventh Nathan if, Freeman Schmeeman. If
3: Nathan, <laughs> if Nathan, and we'll we'll track down. The audio on the promo of him, which we played a week or so ago. Yeah. If Nathan doesn't last until halfway through this program, it's going to be highly embarrassing for him. <sighs> love with Jonathan the
2: way, with the way that he got in <laughs> off the text. Love Jonathan on Survivor, but he always makes <laughs> interviews awkward. <laughs> ah, it's fun. That's it? all did. good.
3: He didn't give He didn't give. You no, know, he loves start. it. He loves it. Yeah. I've just been
2: watching his brother, actually, in uh, Boy Swallows Universe. Anthony LaPaglia plays one Look, of the bad, bad guys. Wraps, huge raps.
3: Huge raps on Get that on show. That. If yeah. that. If you haven't watched that, if you haven't watched that. You've given me that much homework. I mean, how do you fit all this in? <laughs> oh, I don't know. <laughs> to be honest, mean,
2: I'm not sure. This other
3: series? Masters of the Air. Yeah, you've got to watch that. What and you got to watch Boy Swallows Universe. And there was the other uh, Bank Robbers one on Netflix. Oh, that it's was good.
2: Hell or High Water. Make sure you're watching that one. That is good. That is really good. Uh, really I right. find the time. <laughs> Jonathan, clearly not watching Survivor, by the sounds. Of <laughs> anyway, Jonathan LaFarley there. He's the host of Survivor. Nathan Freeman is on the show. Uh, maybe just not familiar with the fact he might have played a little bit of AFL football back in just the day. A little bit. But that's okay. That's fine. Um, Mitch uh, Bayer's with us. Time to get to him. Summer Breakfast on SEN. Uh, Steve's out on the road, but he's found time to send us a little text here, Kane, uh, Survivor always does this at the start of a season. They promote someone who is overconfident, and they always get voted out first. <laughs> See you, Nate. So, Steve Crystal balling there. Safe to say when the host doesn't know your backstory, he might be in just a wee bit of trouble. But you played this audio last week, Nathan Freeman in the promos. Jeez, where did this come from? Because he, he hasn't been backward in coming forward. We'll play it in a minute. Well, no, he doesn't have it there. Well, we'll get it up, but we'll we'll get it. It's the
3: most extraordinary audio you've ever heard. Now, I I get reality. They get told to pump it up all the time. They 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 blame it on the producers and they allude to the fact that they've been sucked in to do and say things that they didn't necessarily want to say or that they've been perceived in the wrong way. But it's it's hard to take what Nathan's done in any other way. I don't think
2: this is it. Um, This is it, Kane. I'm strong, fit, charming, I've got
0: good looks, and I'm not afraid to use that to get wherever I need to in the game. Oh no, you're single. I am single. There's been no one that could really compare to me.
2: If I have to flirt, dangle a character, I'll be playing up to that a little bit. I'm pretty strong morally, but that goes out the door, playing survival. Right? So uh, imagine how flat he's going to be when he is the host of Survivor. Doesn't really know who he is. A couple of familiar faces, though, is there not? For particularly for people who might listen to our little sports station here.
6: Uh, is
2: there? Well, is Nathan? You, Fre- a
6: bunch of new players this year. Who you? Uh, is is, who Na-
2: is Nathan Freeman in the show? Yeah, he is.
6: Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes, he is. But uh, uh, he—he's uh, kind of—he, uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, I guess he's—he's
3: he's a recognisable face. <laughs> yes. I've kind of he,
6: forgot about that, to be honest. Wow. Well. So
3: anyway, marry, the, uh, he, marry marry those two pieces of audio up. Um, no, he clearly <laughs> didn't
2: uh, wasn't if, familiar with his footballing background. But if that's all. Nathan
3: doesn't survive at least till the halfway point of his show. After saying that, as he's gone in.
2: Good on look you. Look out. Guy. Good. You gotta have fun. You gotta you gotta live it. You gotta embrace it, you gotta enjoy it. Pick ten in the twenty thirteen national draft. We know it didn't work out from all those injuries. Repeated injuries at, at Collingwood and obviously then at the Saints where he, he just played the two AFL games. But um, yeah, maybe it was a tenuous link, but I was just trying to tie it back to us here at Kane didn't quite so you, work out.
3: So what's the consensus on Nick Dakos as the best player in the game? Are you um, are you comfortable
2: are you comfortable with that? No, no, I don't think I am. No? no, who who would you have? I'd probably go the Western Bulldogs captain at number one. Yeah, uh, okay. I'd take the bond first. First. But do I think Nick Dakos could be the best player in the comp? Absolutely, but mm. not right now. I'm, t- I'm taking. You're not, it, you're not
3: offended by it, like no. Did, I'm not outraged. No, no you I'm can make outraged. a case. I, for I, it. As
2: I said, I don't get tied up in knots over lists or ratings or anything. But um, I don't. I know. I didn't think it was a ridiculous uh, assessment. He's a very, very good player, and he's only five seconds into his AFL career. He's going to get a heck of a lot better from here. Happy with Toby Green at three. Yeah, I just think Toby Green's influence is just profound. Like, yeah. and that's not—I'm not telling anyone, people, anything they don't already know. I just—he's the man f- for playing a very difficult position. It is essentially, I reckon, one of the more difficult positions on the ground that he plays—that high half forward role. To have the influence that he can have, um, is profound. is extraordinary, and he's got a way of bobbing up at the perfect time, for full effect. I think it's—it's—it's a, it's a, it's an innate ability that, um, that that he. He's just extraordinary. So yeah, I'd mm. have him happily at three.
3: All right, have you say on that one three hundred seven three six seven three six? Herald was, Sun was the Bont at about... two. The bond was at two. Uh, for those just joining us, Toby Green three, Petrarca, four, Errol Goulden a touch high for me. I'd definitely have Charlie Kerno above Errol Goulden, mm. albeit there's some question marks over his finals performances. Zach Butters, Connor Rosie, Sam Taylor, Jeremy Cameron, Sam Walsh, and Jordan go rounding out the uh, Herald Sun's top. 12, Uh, a lot of fallout to the cricket, of course, and we've been asking the question all morning, who did you find yourself barracking for? Well, Tim Payne, gearing up for another big year on Mm. SEN Tassie Breakfast, has had his say on who he was barracking for yesterday.
1: I I get it from a fan's point of view. It annoys me when I hear past players commentating and almost barracking. I find that really hard to listen to. Team, that was superb it was. yesterday. It was awesome for the West Indies. It was not great for Australia. No, it wasn't great. It wasn't but... a great performance. And I don't like... I just don't like it. It feels a bit uncomfortable. It's like, why are you barracking against your team that you played in? Once
2: a player, always a player. Uh, I'm not sure who
1: you're specifically I,
3: referring I've to. Got a, I've got a thought because... Fox footy put uh, the vision up of Brian Lara. Sorry, Fox cricket.
2: Yes, yes and who and was Brian alongside? Brian Lara
3: was ecstatic and rightly so. I mean, you could that was another thing that was really special about yesterday was what it meant to the former players like Brian Lara and Adam Gilchrist was next to him. And from my observation Gilchrist was there was a fist pump or there was a
2: No, he, embr- he hugged him. He, was, he uh, embraced just bef- him
3: just before the hug. Was there? There was a little – if because you go I, back and watch it, there was a little oh, – so okay. I don't know whether Tim was – I don't know who he was talking about, but I did think – was Gil, Was there a fist pump from Gilchrist such there? Such a lovely bloke, Gilly.
2: I just thought he was – and he's such an awesome guy. I just thought he was happy for his mate Brian Lara. That's what I maybe thought. He's
3: just a, maybe he's just a media pro now. He's as good as anyone that's transitioned from mm. the game to the commentary box, and he can call play-by-play. Play. He's excellent – Special comments, maybe he was like us barracking for the story. He's not a yeah. not a player anymore. He's and he's he okay and and right to be able to do that.
2: Yeah. Oh well, I think so, but uh, yeah. clearly didn't wash with uh, with the former captain Tim Payne, and a lot of people texting in this morning saying we should be ashamed of ourselves for for supporting uh, well, West Indian well, cricket. Well, that
3: was my thought as I came into to work this morning. Come I was on. like,
2: "We've won uh, everything. But, you got yeah, every trophy in the you cabinet You can't came. control. You can't be happy for another. You can't
3: t- t- control the way that you feel." Yeah. And I, I let out an audible like, "Yes!" After they lost, yes, after that, like because I, I don't know, it's just what came over me. Yeah. And I don't think I was alone.
2: That was a very heartwarming yeah. tale for all the reasons we've we've mentioned. And Barat's ration has got an involvement with Shamar Joseph uh, as well. I think he took him shopping in uh, in Adelaide pre the first test, clothes shopping even. So I won't speak for Barat. Hopefully we can get him up a little bit later on in the in the show. But I think Barat was walking around with Shamar Joseph in Adelaide and getting recognised by people. And, and Barat was, he goes, you can't miss Barat. He was like, well, actually, you should be speaking to the guy next to me here. He's just about what to play a, test cricket.
3: Uh, and what, the thunderbolt from Mitchell Stark right onto the toe. Yeah, that looks... That, uh, that is a nightmare. Yeah.
2: Yeah, couldn't and walk. Right, couldn't on walk. The
3: point, yeah. right on the point of the toe. Uh, and he's come back and done that.
2: Quite amazing. Um, right, we better get uh, into the newsroom. Nathan Gardner's got the headlines. Uh, we've got uh, questions of that notice ahead of us as well. Your calls are op- welcome anytime on the open line, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 736 And just if we've got time, I want to take you to some comments made by uh, the Collingwood star defender Braden Maynard on how the Pies are structuring their pre-season or perhaps not structuring it, which uh, has certainly piqued some interest. We're powered by Kubota. Take on any job with Kubota's mowers, tractors and land pride attachments. Nathan Gardner, as I say, has got the headlines in the newsroom and we'll be back on the other side. Uh, A bit of feedback here, Kane, on the ratings that you were discussing earlier. Harry has said, Lockie Neal says, hello, where's Lockie? No no mention of Lockie in the top handful. Uh, Michael, I'd have green before Dacos any day of the week. You could replace Dacos. Well, I'm not sure about this, Michael. You could replace Dacos easily. No way you could replace green and his influence. Uh, Sam Walsh will win the Brownlow this year and prove how good he is. Sheezle's better than Dacos and... Will be better. Not sure what that text means. And then uh, some orders have come through here. Bont, Green, Petraca, Walsh, Butters. is He's uh, is, uh, 406's top five. But uh, where, yeah. where did you, have you found Lockie Neal on the list?
3: Uh, Lockie is not in the top 12. So, wow. I mean, all, all will be revealed because the Herald Sun have ranked every player um, off the back of... Of their metrics, which which include a whole heap of uh, criteria, expected improvement, their role in the side, their progress over summer. Not sure how they're going to judge that. Club intel and a little bit of old-fashioned gut feel. But uh, Glen and John Ralph doing a good job. Um, but I, I wonder how Robbo's feeling about this. No, I Is think it,
2: it definitely takes a shine off the top fifty.
3: Tramples over his top fifty. Oh, it's y'all. a ratings. It's a list.
2: In in fact, it's a it's a whole of competition list as well, and they've given us their their top. What have they given us? Their top twelve, top ten, they've or everything? The they've, top, they've
3: revealed the top twelve, and they will reveal every player club by club. it's yeah, a that's an interesting the
2: interesting development. Uh, just about half time in this conference championship game, Chiefs seventeen just uh, converted a field goal, and the Ravens seven with it all ahead of them in the second half. David's in uh, Ballarat though. You were talking winners and losers earlier, Kane and. David, you just can't go past the Windies, my
6: friend. Yeah, good morning, Conan and Sam. Yeah, look, I mean, my brain's still going through what we could have done, where we should have declared when we did, all this sort of thing. But Mm. I think it's just fantastic for the game. We've had a great summer with the Packies and uh, the Windies. But now you've got these, um, you know, Kevin Hodge uh, talking to the um, Stump mic, giving a commentary. um, uh, Backflips. The backflips, the... the, um, and even the bow from um, Israel Stavit, um, uh Sharam Joseph, um, he he essentially bowled them out. I mean, it was, it was only two shots that Australia went to the hoik and got caught, uh, but he, he really just bowled them out. So I, I think it's really refreshing for the game of Test cricket that we've got a viable West Indies coming into the future.
2: Yeah, nicely said, David. I think that's why a lot of people warm to to the story. Um, not, not to everyone's liking, but I think that was the main reason. Good on you. Appreciate Appreciate your call. So we heard from Tim Payne, mm. highly
3: critical of uh, former Australian cricketers barracking for the West Indies during commentary. How does he feel about? I wonder how he feels about former Australian players going to work for the opposition. I did see Sean Tate, didn't I, sitting in the? Yeah. Oh, that's that's the, been happening for a long time. The, so, so is that okay, a- according to Tim? Matty Hayden can actually go and, go and go on work. I mean, even Shane Warms a great. I don't think he officially worked for other Navy but he was a great consultant and was mm. more than willing to offer his advice to any uh, league that would ask. But perhaps the wild thing, Sean Tate's influence over this fast bowling group from, yeah. from the West Indies has been significant as well. And it just goes to show raw pace in cricket. There's no, nothing like it. Genuine raw pace. He's
0: uncomfortable. Yeah.
3: Even if you're the best in the world, particularly with a pink ball under lights in tricky conditions. Um, and... Yeah, Mitchell Stark, the damage that he can do with with raw pace. But that that was highlighted yesterday as well.
2: Marshall's in Perth. Uh, Marshall's texting to say, what a great weekend of sport. I have to say, I've never been a big tennis fan, but I couldn't stop watching the whole tournament. And then to finish with an epic final, what could be better? Oh, yes, the Aussies losing the cricket, he says. Not sure if it was the same on the East Coast, but I was watching the last part in the pub while catching up with some mates. And when they took the last wicket, there was a big cheer Throughout yes, the pub,
3: it was what? What's happened?
2: Oh, and then he goes on to say that the Australian cricket team are a bunch of unlockable so and so. So we're going down that path again. But uh, uh anyway, I think you'd be hard pressed to not have a soft spot for the Windies and what they're able to do yesterday. Not too many times, Kane. We don't want it too many times, but it's okay uh, in, in moderation. Yeah, um, where's Tuke Miller on the rankings? Is another question. So they keep coming uh. through. Keep keep doing so. One three hundred seven three six seven three six. I might take a break, Kane. We got. Questions of that notice to get to? I've got a few for you, and I want to try and get those Braden Maynard uh, comments as well on Collingwood's preseason, maybe done with a little bit of a difference. Uh, We'll get to that uh, before 9 o'clock. Stick around, and we'll be back after this.
0: Summer Breakfast on SEN.
2: Well, cricket, as we said earlier, has got a new superstar on its hands in West Indian, quick Shamar Joseph. Seven for 68 in his second test to pilot the Windies to a test match victory over Australia. Not only the first since 1997, but one they will never, ever forget. The Aussies were two for 113, chasing 216 when Shamar just said, jump on my back, boys. I'll take it from here. A bowl with breathtaking pace. And this man was there to witness it all unfold for SEN Cricket. Sunder Sundarayson joins us on the line this morning. Barat, welcome back in and really appreciate your time as always.
4: No worries at all. And, uh, yeah, what a special day to be uh, at the gather. What a special day for Test Cricket. What a special day for West Indies Cricket.
2: I reckon there's only one thing better than an uh, emerging superstar, and that is a humble emerging superstar. Jeezy speaks well and handles himself well, doesn't he, the young man?
4: Oh, he totally does. And um, I, mean, I can't think back to help, but think back to three weeks ago, there was just uh, walking around with him in, uh, in Rundle Mall in Adelaide, just trying to help him uh, secure a little arm guard and a little bat for his son. Uh, and uh, nobody buttered an eyelid. Like, he was in his West Indies training gear. Uh, and here he is, <laughs> like I said, two and a half weeks later, uh, as a cult hero all around Australia all around the world and uh, yeah, I mean, it's one of sports great great stories, right? Like he's come from nowhere and, and like you said, he just has this uh, Ability to win you over. even yesterday everything that happened uh, the pain uh, That he was going through uh, with the nearly broken toe and 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 the spell that he was bowling He couldn't help but smile every ball You could see him at the top of the mark with this big smile on his face. He's uh, this uh, it started off as a, just a dream come true. Now it's just turning into the ultimate fantasy. So, Barrett, can you just help us out? What is your relationship
2: with Shamar? How do you two? How did that start? And how have you formed a, a, a friendship of sorts?
4: I think it's similar to the f- uh, friendship that Craig Breathed, his captain, has formed with him because neither Craig nor me had met Shamar Joseph before, until three weeks ago, and it's quite remarkable. Now, I mean, it just started out as me. I was doing some commentary on the warm-up game that they played in Adelaide. Um, mm. I just bumped into him at the end of the day and uh, that's when he said, look, I have a two-year-old son and uh, uh, I saw one of the kids near, uh, or who were at the Karen Broughton Oval like, have this little bat and I, I want that little bat for him. And I, I two days later, I was interviewing him uh, because I knew I had read all about him. It was quite a fascinating story coming from that little village um uh, on the banks of the kanji river uh far far away from any uh, other form of civilization and that was it our post interview i just uh took him around like i said i said i'll help you out uh, and we hit it off and mm-hmm. uh I, I, it's funny though at one point uh i, I needed uh a, the car because i had to take him to one of those shops the cricket shop uh, and i had to get my wife to bring the car over she was in the city uh, and I introduced Shamar Joseph as uh, I told my wife, "Look, meet the next superstar of West Indies cricket." Honestly, neither me nor Shamar could have imagined at that point that this is how it'll end up. It's just, it's just remarkable. It's just amazing. Uh, and um, yeah, uh, and, and you could see it. Uh, you know, he's gone from being unrecognizable or anonymous. To yesterday, everyone from Brian Lara to Ian Bishop to all the other legends of West they cricket wanting a selfie and a, and a, and a post for uh...
3: so them. Talk to me about the skill set that he possesses, bro. I mean, the, the sheer speed, the endurance and the athleticism is there. But what do you see that um, has you know, made you realize that he could play 100 test matches?
4: And, and that's the uh, crazy fact that uh, till 14 months ago, he'd not played um, a lot of cricket with cricket a proper cricket ball. Uh, I mean, he'd only played tape ball cricket and what they call jungle land cricket, which is basically playing cricket with um, or bowling and batting with any fruit that is um, around in shape. Like he'd bowl with a guava, a mango, an orange, a mandarin. Mm. Uh, and then uh, he picks up a hard ball for the first time literally 14 months ago. Um, plays first-class cricket uh, only 11 months ago uh, for the first time. And and here he is bowling like an absolute superstar. I mean, uh, uh, yeah, like I said, the backstory is amazing, but but the skill sets to uh, suddenly realize, look, the pink ball has gone soft and every bowler has complained uh, about how once it goes soft, uh, you can't do much with it. But then Shamar Joseph decides, all right, I'm just going to attack the stumps. And he kept doing it with such accuracy. And, and again, the broken toe or the pain he was going through, and uh, he was hobbling and limping between overs on the boundary. But every time he had the ball in his hand, he was charging in and getting quicker and quicker and quicker as that spell progressed. Ten straight overs he bowled before that break on a humid Gabba day, or uh, uh, Brisbane day, and then he came back to uh, mop up that last wicket. So uh, I think someone who has had no formal training in cricket to have the kind of cricketing know-how and the skills, uh, like God knows where it comes from. It, it, it maybe it is. It is that it just it's just a blessing. He's just the most naturally gifted fast bowler we've seen in a long, long time.
3: Let's move on to the the fallout from from the losers. Uh, what disappointed you most from an Aussie perspective?
4: Uh, I guess um, at some point yesterday, and you could see it on their faces as they stood around for the post match presentation. Um, they would have got this feeling of, like, how did this happen? How did we let uh, this West Indies team beat us at, on home soil? Uh, yes, but also, you know, mm-hmm. you spoke about where they were at that point. Like It was all about Steve Smith and Cameron Green, right? know, oh, batting their new positions together for the first time, um, uh, leaving Australia to um, a pretty reasonable target of 216. Uh, and then one goes, and then two goes. And before you knew it uh it was a Steve Smith standard at one end um and in three um three of three full innings that they had against the West Indies in the series against such an inexperienced West indies team they were at least uh, they were six for one fifty at some point right so uh yeah I mean, it's not a batting malice, but it's a, uh the batters have just not um, been consistent enough uh, throughout this summer. To be honest, there were times against Pakistan as well where if the Pakistanis knew how to catch a ball in the slip region, uh, who knows how the Melbourne and Sydney yeah. test would have gone. So um yeah, I mean yes, the pitches have been a little sporting, but this particular pitch was supposed to be where uh, the one where uh, you know the Australian battles who expected to feast on this West Indian attack wasn't to be in either reading. So um I think the post mortem will begin sometime today because yesterday was just. A mere celebration of, uh, like I said, one of the one of sports' great stories.
2: But right, we're nearly out of time. But I wanted to quickly ask you this because England's answer to Shamar Joseph was Tom Hartley, seven for sixty-two on his <laughs> Test debut. That was one of the most extraordinary results ever. How often would it have happened where India would have a first innings lead like they did, and then get overrun? It was incredible.
4: Well, uh, grudgingly, we have to accept baseball did come through, didn't it? (laughs) Uh, For once, for now. Uh, Yeah, you're right. I mean, that innings from Ollie Pope is what set it up, Mm. right? And I remember covering uh, uh, Kevin Peterson's 100 in Mumbai in 2012, the last time England won a series in India. And it was right up there. Uh, You know, the way he swept and reverse swept and almost reverse ramped just with Boomerang to get to his double 100 and missed it. Uh, But yeah, Tom Hartley was... He smashed around on uh, debut in his first innings, for 2 4, 135, went for, he did for two sixes in his first over in Test cricket. Uh, and for him to come back in uh, humble India uh, as on their home conditions or on their home soil, uh, again, like another great story. Uh, this unknown left arm spinner from Lancashire averages 30 30 odd in first class cricket. Uh, comes and wins them this famous test match. It sets up that series beautifully, right? Four tests to go. How can India respond? It is a pitch that felt well-suited for India to just uh, run all over England. It looked like they were doing that, uh, but then it's turned around. So I think just, yeah, I I tweeted this out uh, as soon as that test uh, finished. The test cricket just broke the internet. And thanks to two young debutants who Mm
2: -hmm. nobody
4: really had heard much about.
2: No, absolutely amazing, Barat. You've been so good to us here, obviously on SCN Breakfast, right throughout this Aussie summer of cricket. But geez, if there was ever a morning to get you on, it was this morning after Shamar Joseph's uh, <laughs> heroics. Just as well you did take him shopping in Adelaide, set him on the right path, mate. Uh, thanks again, and uh, I'm sure we'll speak to you in the in the weeks and months ahead.
4: No worries at all. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm still buzzing from
2: yesterday. Thank you so <laughs> no worries, as, <laughs> as as are so many people. Barat Sunder Racing, there he was at the Gabby yesterday for SCN Cricket Kane. Uh, and a little involvement there with Shamar Joseph, which is fascinating.
3: So good. Uh, shopping to buy a little bat for his two-year-old child before anyone knew him. And now he's a national hero.
2: Jonathan LaPaglia joined us as well. Barrett just there uh, all uh, up on How the podcast How many other fast page?
3: bowlers out there in the West Indies bowling with fruit yeah, on an island I know. that we don't know? Exactly. And we haven't discovered. where There must be... More.
2: It's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, what a what a backstory oh, it, it is. Incredible. Former security guard, former logger as well with the old man, and uh, thank goodness he chased his cricket dreams. Uh, SM breakfast is for Melbourne Airport parking. Book online for the best rates at melbourneairport.com.au. We'll take our final break. Jared Waitley is in the house. He's going to join us next.